0: Hello, hockey fans, and welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast, the hockey podcast. I'm your co host, Danny, and alongside me is the ever passionate March. Tonight, we have a special treat for all you hockey fans and listeners out there, especially those south of the, south of the Canadian border. Uh, we're joined by two fantastic guests from the Chirpin' Yodes podcast, Matt and Alex, who are here to help us deep dive, dive into the heart and soul of the Arizona Coyotes. The Chirp and Yotes podcasts are, as their Twitter bio says, a fan-driven podcast bringing their fan base the inside scoop on everything Arizona Coyotes. And tonight we're joining forces with them to give you, the listeners, a comprehensive breakdown of this team. Um, We'll be covering it all, from the highs and lows of this team's history and uh, all the way to their promising prospects uh, in their pool, Um, the fan experience as we usually do, what they offer, and of course, analysis of their current roster and management. So whether you're a diehard uh, Coyotes fan or a curious follower of the game, uh, we think we're gonna have a good hockey chat tonight. And before we get started, don't f- don't forget to follow us on all major podcast platforms and our social media at C2CTHP for both Twitter and Instagram. And now over to my co-host, March. Um, March, it's not bad, right? Last week, we did our 10th episode and gave the listeners an update on the demographics that are following this thing of ours. And tonight, we have our first international episode going to the
1: U.S. How are you today? I'm pretty good. And yeah, you know what? It's actually really exciting um, getting getting a different perspective uh, outside of, of Canada here. I mean, really excited for this one. And uh, I'm doing pretty good. How are you yourself, Danny?
0: I'm pretty good. Sharing the excitement as well. Work has picked up. Uh, it is uh, seems like it's no longer summer, so uh, pretty busy on all fronts, but uh, I can't complain. uh
1: just before I get into it, um, you most recently made a big purchase. Do you want to talk about your purchase?
0: Um, I'm trying to remember oh <laughs> the, my tires, Yes. my God, especially like for those um uh, listening to us in Arizona and our guests tonight, um I just made like a, I just bought some winter tires for my new Jeep, and yeah, it, it's pretty much the I like to do these kind of things like last year I bought on the coldest day of the year uh, my AC for the summer and <laughs> right now it's like in the middle of the summer I'm buying my winter tires
1: so that's when you get the best deals exactly yeah there's like fire all around him and he's buying winter tires um anyways <laughs> okay so um we're joined by Alex and Matt from the Chirp and Yotes podcast as Danny mentioned uh, how are you guys doing today
2: Doing good. Uh, enjoying a little bit of monsoon weather out here. We've been getting rain for the last couple of days. Finally cooling off, you know, into the 90s. Which I don't know what it is Celsius, but it's still hot here. It's still very hot here.
1: <laughs> wish, uh, wish you guys uh, brought so that weather up here. That's 32 degrees uh, for, ca- for those Canadians listening. 32 degrees and wet. Wow, that's it's got to be humid then
2: uh arizona is a weird one we're kind of landlocked so it rains it's humid for like half an hour and then it dries out it's it's kind of great it's a fantastic mm-hmm. place to live actually
1: mm. Uh, and i guess that was matt just talking alex how are you
3: i'm doing good looking forward to talking hockey uh so i actually don't live in arizona uh, moved okay here a couple years back and we actually had our second hottest day of the year. And unfortunately, it was muggy here, and we don't get to get away from that.
1: So, mm,
3: yeah. But so you know mentioned you're in, the, the, you're, you're in all Florida? I'm buying those Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. So oh, even buying know. those snow tires. <laughs> oh,
1: fantastic. <laughs> That's <laughs> nice. That.
3: Uh,
1: um okay so you guys want to just uh, for our viewers out there do you guys want to just uh, put out your social media handles whether it's on instagram twitter uh, where you can find your podcast
3: yeah so uh, uh, you can find our podcast at at Chirpin yotes on twitter or x or whatever it's called now. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can follow we generally just tweet about our podcast and general coyotes related stuff on there and then you can find me at at Alex Grandy A-L-E-X-G-R-A-N-D-Y ten sixty or no zero nine nine one. That's it. And um yeah, uh I'm just much the same way. I mainly tweet about my hockey and stuff like that. So
1: see Matt, we we had what? the same we had the same thing with uh, making our the last thing you want is like uh, to put a math equation in any of your usernames because it's almost impossible to share. Uh, So uh, I would, I'd probably forget, uh, forget it if we didn't spend uh, so long on trying to get ours perfect.
3: And I had, I had my old account for 10 to 12 years. And at Mm. the start of this year, it got hacked and I lost it. So I had to start a new account from scratch and, I always get the two mixed up, and oh, uh,
2: oh, that's it's horrible. Not
3: been fun trying to rebuild that.
2: Matt, how about yourself? So you can find me at Matt eighty eight. Um, I I'm not huge in the social media platform. Um, I I tweet occasionally. I mostly just go on there and and debate with with other people on other topics. So you won't get a lot of original content content from me. Um but do check out inside the rink. That's um that's part of uh the family that our podcast uh is basically broadcast through. We um we generally stream our shows. Grandy writes for them. Um he usually turns out an article or two a week. Um another of our co hosts Tyler um he's still doing az Sports Underground so check there look for some articles from Tyler. Um but yeah uh, I I don't do any writing myself I I stick to the podcast stuff I'm I'm more of a fan and just enjoy the show Okay cool oh, Danny right Yeah right on I mean uh,
0: that was actually one of the things I wanted to ask you Matt um well so so just for the record here do we call Alex Grandy or do we just call him Alex
3: That's a personal preference type thing okay. Um I've been in my personal life, I get called Alex most of the time, but people online just got to know me as granny because that's what my old social handle was. And okay. it just kind of stuck. And yeah, yeah, like that's just how everybody calls me on social media. So
0: Sounds good. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask you, Matt, was uh, kind of describe, I mean, you went over a few people of your team. But if you want to just maybe tell us about your team, because I was listening to your podcast and there was another guy called Chase as well. Like, if you want to just give us a rundown of
2: who's involved in your podcast and, and, uh, yeah. So there's, there's four of us. Um, Tyler and Grandy started this with Chase quite a while back. Um, I think it's been around for a couple of years now, three or four years. And I recently joined at the beginning of this year, um, back in like February. Um, And we kind of picked everything back up um, around then. Uh, We had Haynes, who writes for um, uh, Hockey Writers, I believe. And he, I guess, kind of fell out of the podcast just a little bit. Uh, Still joins as a guest here and there. But um, I I think once we got our group of four that we have now, we kind of picked it back up. We started recording more once a week um chase is a another guy who lives up in phoenix um he's been a a fan for quite a long time very funny guy um him and and tyler both tyler more so our host um definitely joins in the discussion but he's he runs everything for us he does a fantastic job editing the Mm. show um just making sure everything's streamlined coming up with topics uh that's basically march for us basically (laughs) and grandy and i grandy and i are the two that kind of go back and forth throughout the show bringing different you know points different opinions um you know talking prospects drafts stuff like that uh whereas chase and tyler are huge fans of the team grandy and i are huge fans of the process awesome um yeah,
3: that's the perfect that's the perfect way to put it. Um because me and Matt can go and talk about the more the analytics behind stuff and the stuff like that, where Tyler and Matt or Tyler and Chase bring us back down to Earth sometimes and it's, yeah, it's just it's a oh, really great flow, a really great mix.
2: We'll end up like on a tangent and it'll be one that never ends if we don't have somebody else there mediating.
1: I like <laughs> it. <laughs> uh maybe uh maybe we might put a craigslist out, craigslist post out there for a mediator for us <laughs> um okay i i don't want to so, i don't want this to sound as if i'm talking to you guys as if you're like some you know non-profit charity but uh <laughs> what is your okay what is your mission like do you have a plan for the future uh do you want to grow um Maybe you, because you mentioned that maybe you're not as social media based, but do you want to grow or do you want to just keep it as is?
3: So um, this is something where we are definitely looking to grow. It's why we signed on with Inside the Rink at the couple months back. Um, okay. We're definitely trying to try new things, grow, uh, talking sports, writing sports. It's long been a passion of mine, and I'm glad that I'm finally getting the chance to do it. But, yeah, this is definitely something we're looking to grow and just see where this takes us. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, though, if it just stays exactly what we are right now, it's just four guys that are essentially four friends getting together, talking hockey once a week. We're also perfectly fine with that. So,
1: You know, I was just going to say that, um, I mean, it's it's good that you guys are on this podcast because I mean w- we try and get as many people listening to our podcast as, as much as possible. But Danny and I are both Montreal fans, and that's a large market that might be quite interested in in learning more about a market, uh, a, a, an American desert market for for that matter. And I think this is uh, this is really great to to share you guys' story and you guys' insights with um, with a market basically on a completely different scale.
2: Yeah. So it's funny you mentioned that. I think you guys had a guest, um, Alex Jodin on your show recently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I actually met him, I don't know, probably four years ago. I haven't met him in person, but I've known him for quite a while now through um, a Facebook page called um, What a Dump. And it's a it's a hockey page (laughs) and just chatting on there and and It's kind of flowed over to Twitter and he's gotten pretty big on Twitter and, and, you know, I, I like to give him shit as much as I can, uh, you know, for all of his Cole Caulfield, you know, that, (laughs) that man, that man crush that he's got going on. So,
1: um, Danny, Danny can attest here. I, I got it. Well, I'm not going to say it was all jokes, but I got a heated argument yesterday with him about his love for Caulfield. But anyways, (laughs) and Doc as well. And Kirby Doc, Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's a great guy. He's a funny guy, but, um, I, I actually do appreciate for the most part, a lot of the, the people in the Montreal fan base. I mean, everybody will occasionally use the, you know, the generic talk shit joke type stuff Mm -hmm. in regards to the coyotes. Uh, It's what we kind of expect as fans, Uh, you know, I'll give it back, but as a whole, um, you know, most of Montreal Twitter is actually pretty calm compared to say Toronto or, you know, Edmonton or, or some of the, the team fans that are out there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really begs to really depends on your perspective. I mean, like it also depends on who you follow. I mean, you probably found some, some pretty good fans. There's definitely good fans out there. Montreal's a the way I look at it is that if you're really toxic I mean that you you just there's no reason to really spread that toxicity but if if you're really passionate and say the team sucks I mean if you're upset that means you're passionate that means you care for the team and so a lot of a lot of have social media and stuff like that has been kind of on the negative side because Montreal hasn't been that good however um, I think that just speaks to volumes about the fan base. But I think I've seen, well, I don't think I've seen that a lot, a lot with uh, a lot of other fan bases. And you mentioned how the Coyotes do get that rep. And it's kind of been like this joke going around for some time. And I think for the most part, I think it's almost just, I, I think that's not necessarily fans giving negativity. I think that's just toxicity. And it doesn't really have a place uh, with someone who actually knows. The direction that team's going and and how, I, like to be honest, That's I mean right. with the Coyotes. I just think that it, it's it, it's so cool to have a hockey team out there and it's a place I've always wanted to go and visit. So if you ever see me on Twitter talking shit, I probably <laughs>
2: but I probably had a couple too many beers. Oh, nobody actually cares <laughs> about the talking shit. That's okay. It's you know, like I said, it, it's there's there's certain people out there um, who. Literally provide no, no substance at all. Mm-hmm, yeah, to discussions, and are literally just there to troll fans. And those those are the yeah. type of people that I'm talking about with, with most other fan bases. But you know, I I like I said, I do appreciate the Montreal fan base because even when there's some shit talking involved or. You know, it, we don't always see eye-to-eye. Eye. There's actually substance in the discussion. There's discussion. That's, yeah, discussion. That's yeah. a big thing. Yeah, I agree,
3: 100%. And we had a, we had a Bruins fan Pat, Pat on our podcast, actually, this week, in a episode that should be debuting soon. And one thing I brought up with him is, at the end of the day, as long as we can all bash Toronto, we'll get along
1: great. Aha, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, yes, I agree, 100%. Toronto are
0: they're doing a great job bashing themselves so they don't need us <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Um, uh, so you guys mentioned that you've been doing this for a couple of years now but i'm um, curious how do you guys meet like how did you guys uh get together
3: so we all met through social media um me tyler and chase met through because i had already moved to minnesota by this point i used to live yeah. in the desert with everyone else but i moved to minnesota for a personal change in my life but uh We all met through social media, through a Twitter group we were all in and just chatted hockey. And then it kind of grew into us playing video games together and kind of how the podcast started is we were just talk hockey as we played video games. We started that and then Matt and I have had interactions on different social media platforms, Facebook and Twitter for. I want to say five, six years. And it's always been the same thing. We'd get into a debate. We'd be able to walk away amicably, get into another debate, (laughs) grow that into a second debate, grow that back into the first debate that we started on. And it, it was just, it was one of those things where we both and I, we both had fun talking to each other and just kind of grew from there. And that's why when I felt the podcast needed a breath of fresh air, Matt was the first person I thought of as, hey, <laughs> I think this guy would be the great guy to have on. I love talking mm-hmm. hockey with him, even if we rarely agree, he's just a great guy to be around. So and I'll let Matt take it from there.
2: Yeah, actually the the very first thing I think we did, and, and I remember this because this was a big thing. Um we have a, a mutual friend, Adam, and he came up with this idea that we were gonna do like a two or a three round mock draft, but we were gonna get like 12 or 14 people involved in this and we were going to assign everybody two or three teams and you were going to act as the gm you could make trades you could you know do whatever you wanted um and i think that's that's actually the first thing grandy and i actually did and and it kind of led to more discussion and stuff like that but ultimately it it was it was like a week-long thing of like 10 people who had never met each other, all chatting with each other, um, you know, making fake trades across I love know, multiple teams. And and that, that was the first thing we did. Um, and from there, we kind of chatted more and more about the draft. Not so much the Coyotes. Um, uh, again, I, him and I are both more about the process. And I'm I'm a huge fan of the draft, uh, huge fan of of the USHL. Um, I watch a little bit of the CHL. I, I'm pretty far away from it. So, you know, my rooting interest generally changes based on, you yeah. know, watching prospects and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, that's that's kind of where where our friendship started was through prospects in the draft.
0: Um, March, is this what John McKenzie is trying to set up for us? I mean, uh, screw the pool. <laughs> why, are, why are we not doing this? I want to play GM right. with you guys.
1: Yeah, that's that sounds really fun. <laughs>
0: sounds uh, I'll,
1: I'll give you uh
0: McDavid for Sergachev.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You'll find this guy's a huge Sergachev fan. I just wanted to, before you get further into this, um actually you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask the CHL question later, so remind me, Danny, Matt, anyone? because uh, I just have a question for that. But um okay. Going forward, any fun stories um from the past I mean like anything funny you guys went through anything interesting you, you talk about debates but there must have been something do you guys ever meet um have a podcast together like uh, they do spit spitting Chicklets or something like that
2: so we haven't done anything like that yet but grandy's going to be out in arizona in november um we're all gonna gonna head out to either the coyotes and avalanche on the 28th or the coyotes and lightning on the 30th cool. um so that's kind of going to be the first first one we do there might be some sort of podcast you know that we all do together that might follow that or you know something along those lines but that's that's going to be the first big one okay yeah you know, i know March... Tyler
3: was talking about uh getting tickets to that game and bringing along the recording setup so we could just after the game essentially go out in the parking lot and record just have a good old live no we're going chats. to a bar
2: going to a bar <laughs> uh...
3: <laughs>
1: i mean you guys picked a picked definitely a couple of games i mean I, I, you know not to say the coyotes might not win but you know the avalanche and the lightning you know uh,
0: that's
2: gonna be a tough game hey we re-signed <laughs> we re-signed troy stetcher we're gonna go 82 <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah right
0: the surge of uh hat trick all right um <laughs> i want to say uh by the way like um you probably didn't know this march but i Back in the day, when I used to be somewhat of a gamer, uh, well, a huge gamer actually, in the beginning of the the 2000s, um, mm-hmm. I was in a in a gaming clan with a whole bunch of people from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I stayed friends with them for over a decade. And it uh-huh. it, it came to a point where I went to uh, uh, to Tulsa to meet with them, and we spent like a week there. I was this 19, 20 year old guy that I went there, and uh, meeting with them I loved meeting them they took me out shooting they they treated me like the, the Canadian guy and um, it was it was fantastic uh, so it's just bringing a lot of memories of everything that you're describing about the gaming and and the friendships and whatnot because um, I gotta go talk to my friend Lonnie and, and you know talk about the good times that we had because uh, sounds very familiar mm. what I've experienced before yeah Okay, um, so deep dive, uh, March. I uh, remind me again: is this is the third time or the second time we're doing this? Or the f- uh, second, third time?
1: Right? Th- uh, third time. We did the Vancouver Canucks first, and then we did the Montreal Canadiens. Go figure. And mm-hmm. then, uh, yeah, this is the third one, so we're doing the Arizona Coyotes. Okay. Yeah. So for those listening
0: for the first time, and guess uh, I guess for our guests as well. So basically, the deep dive is just something that we call um for reviewing an organization from top to bottom basically and we like to talk about like the fan experience and the current roster the prospects uh history rivalries um uh predictions for the next season and probably their jerseys and whatnot so uh i'll begin here i'll, I'll start this off um with the fan experience it's a it's a topic that's pretty close to heart for me because um one of the one of the, one of the many reasons that we wanted to, have to start the podcast was to give an opportunity to, our, to ours listeners to experience what uh what an NHL experience is like in a different city um so even if you have absolutely no plans to go to Arizona you still get to know a little bit what it's like to be there and if you have plans to go there then you know what to look out for and and what to plan to see so um first one for the fan, fan experience uh can you guys tell me a little bit where? The current arena is located in the city is it a good area what's it what is it known for um you know how do you get there all these things
2: yeah so i'll, I'll probably take this one grandy being in minnesota he hasn't hasn't gotten to go to mullet yet his first trip is going to be this year um mullet is located downtown tempe um there's so much around there like there are restaurants everywhere. It is. um basically the heart of ASU um everything to do with the school the college it is Tempe uh it's built right off of the Riverwalk which is um I don't even remember how it's it's not huge but it's basically a man-made river uh kayaking boating you know the the whole thing right off of that river um there's shopping the whole nine yards, but from a hockey standpoint, um, it's, it's unlike anything I've ever been to in my life. Um, Mm. it gets so unbelievably loud in that building. Um, I, what you see on TV, unfortunately, isn't actually what happens while you're there. Um, Cameras are are you know pointing down bench area. It seems like there's always empty seats and everything behind it. Um, everything seating down low, you get ASU uh, or you get club access within the the stadium. And because Mullet isn't that big, you end up with a lot of people hanging out at tables, eating, standing behind the procession, uh, you know, leaning over, watching the game with a beer in their hand, that sort of thing. Um, If you think about walking around the concourse in a regular stadium, you've got concessions on either side of you. You got, a, you know, the team stores here. Um, You got a bunch of little stuff everywhere. Mm -hmm. And when you're walking that concourse, you can't see the game at all. At Mullet, there's no blind spot anywhere. You can be up on the concourse, standing in line, in the team store, whatever. It doesn't matter where you are. Uh, while plays going on, you're watching. And because the concourse isn't, you know, so incredibly high up, it's not like you're missing anything. You still have a great view of the game. Wow.
1: You know what? I I really like that idea. I mean, I I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I have mentioned this maybe three or four times on the podcast before, but with Roger Rogers Arena, obviously it's like every other arena. However, it's, you know very cramped when you're walking through through the concessions and stuff like that um and and I'm just kind of picturing it right now I mean I'm looking at Mullet arena right now and it's it's just open and I I would I would just I'm just trying to think what it would look like um with like like at Rogers arena or obviously maybe like obviously a bigger arena because I mean oh is Mullet
2: arena two uh levels or is it just No it's it's a single level uh, okay wow so okay. the the concourse is basically at the top and okay but it's it's open everything is open um what you don't see on tv um uh, just below the cameras is what is billed as their club section um and it it's basically like a, a sit-down restaurant within the arena um during games they they do buffet style it's actually good food like I'm sure you guys have been to tons of sporting events and some of the food tastes really good, but it makes you feel like (laughs) shit later, or it just tastes terrible. There is no like in between. And this is actually like good food. Like they'll have pulled pork or Mac and cheese or, you know, whatever. They'll have like good food if you've got club access. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's it, it, the fan experience is actually great in the building. Um, as far as outside of the game itself, uh, Arizona's got, I think for like five straight years, um, they're like number one or number two in the country, as far as new USA hockey registration, uh, the coyotes set out to build up the, the hockey community in Arizona. Um, Alex Morello has been a huge part of that. Xavier Gutierrez has been a huge part of that. And they're driving growth everywhere. Um, We went from, you know, having uh, some private travel ice leagues down here and some kids leagues and whatnot, to having the junior Coyotes, the junior Roadrunners, the junior Sun Devils. You know, ASU is not a a D1 team or a D1 hockey school without the Coyotes being here.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, Tucson, for the longest time hasn't had a sheet of ice. They've had the TCC where the U of A ice cats played and it was a private sheet of ice that's been made public. They've got link, le- uh, re- excuse me, leagues being played there. Um, they've broke ground on three new sheets of ice that are coming. Um, that the U of A, I, I don't know that the U of A is sponsored, but one sheet will go to the U of A and two sheets are going to be used for um, hockey leagues down in Tucson. So the Coyotes have their their influence and their mark on the state is growing considerably fast. That's
0: – uh, it's, I mean, Mark, she can verify this. How many times I've told you, like, I, I think the Arizona fan experience is fantastic at the arena, and mm-hmm. this is confirming it. Um. One, one quick, how, how much does it cost like to go see a game there? Is it cheaper
2: than, than regular NHL uh, places? So I guess it depends. I mean, the box office is a little pricey. you um, your basically only choice is to buy a lower bowl ticket. Mm-hmm. So I want to say a, a single game ticket, you know, if you're not a season ticket holder or anything, it starts at like 130 or 140 bucks and it can go up from there. Um, I went to a game in Boston. Uh, I saw the Coyotes play at, at TD Garden in Boston maybe four years ago. And we sat lower bowl on the end, maybe 10 or 12 rows up. 10, and 000. I think, oh, no, 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 not that much. I, it's, a, it's a Coyotes game. It's not the Bruins and the Rangers or something. Um, so I, I think we paid like 160 bucks a ticket okay. to sit there. Okay. Um the The equivalent seat. At Mullet, it's probably about 20 or 30 bucks cheaper, and that was four years ago. So it is a little cheaper if you want to go to a game at Mullet. If you come out to Arizona, um, unless you're planning on sitting two or three rows up, you buy the cheapest seat you can because there's not a bad spot in that building to be. And you're going to spend a lot of time standing and watching the game, um, as much as you will sitting because the I, I don't know why, but there, there's something about like leaning over a concrete barrier and looking down at the ice while you're drinking a beer, as opposed to being stuck in your seat, not able to move.
0: Mm-hmm. I absolutely love this. I have, I, this is uh, speaking to me in, in so many different ways. I, I've actually been debating going to Arizona and Vegas as a vacation in, in actually October or November. So uh, this is good. Um very, very good. Uh, anything interesting? Well, you mentioned a little bit about like the the area. It's festive and, and it's busy a little bit. Um, anything special that differentiates it from from a different arena, other than uh, I think I've seen like in on TV that it's sometimes surrounded by like uh, an entertainment sector or not really. Or what's uh, what's the deal here?
2: So there's there's a fair amount of um just. General entertainment because it it is a college campus. Yeah. Um, there's multiple bars. They pretty much all do live music different nights of the week. Um, Sun Devil Stadium's not too far from there. Um, early on in in the hockey season, we got the college football season going. And I I don't know if you guys get like the the same kind of enthusiasm for college sports in Canada that. That we get out here especially in the southwest football is football is huge football college football especially is what hockey is in canada um mm-hmm. so on a on a college football game day um down at the campus it's it's a giant party that that starts at you know noon or 11 a.m and it'll go till you know midnight that night um it, it's it's not so much that we have a ton of great, you know, attractions. I mean, we don't have Disneyland down the street. We're not the ducks, you know, but the, the actual environment that you get here is, is considerably different year round because you in Arizona, there, there is no like 15 feet of snow that you got to walk through or worry about. Um, You know, a, in February, my wife and I were in New York. We went and saw the Devils and the Kings at um, the Prudential Center in New Jersey. And it was like 15 degrees when the game let out. And everybody's like running to their car in the snow and, and running yeah. to the train. And mm-hmm. I, it's like everybody shows up, they go to the game, they have a blast at the game, and they're gone. And it's you get a little more to it. Um, you know, after Coyotes games, all the restaurants that are that are around the arena, they're full of Coyotes fans. You see jerseys everywhere. Everybody's stopping to have food, have a beer. Everybody's friendly, talkative. You know, uh, if we lose and you're a fan of the opposing team, that's probably not your experience. But, you know, you're you're still going to see a lot of people around. It's still a good time. So one thing that you're mentioning,
0: I was listening to a, an episode of yours, and you're mentioning about how season ticket holders and and maybe not the season ticket holders, sorry, but like half the population lives on the east side of the city and the west side, and how much there's like unbelievable traffic and stuff. I'm I'm originally from Montreal, so traffic I'm not I'm no stranger to traffic, and obviously March as well in Vancouver. <laughs> um, I think they changed the middle name to to. to traffic over there (laughs) um but uh now i live in calgary and and calgary there's absolutely no traffic whatsoever um so when you compare that to what you were mentioning on your podcast is it really true like there's actually like a you know like a risk of pf folks having tickets that are uh like you mentioned like something i don't want to steal the punch here but like you want to describe a little bit what what that whole thing is about
2: so when, I, when I'm when i up there for work and going to games and stuff like that, I stay in Peoria, which is right down the street from the old uh, arena they were at, which was Gila River or okay. Jobbing.com or whatever they're calling it now. Um, I, I was a mile or two from there. Um, I work in like the Mesa Tempe area, and my drive from Peoria to where they're playing now yeah. takes me... I don't know, 20, 25 minutes at five o'clock in the afternoon when everybody's getting off work. If I'm leaving work at five or five thirty in the afternoon to go from Tempe to uh, Peoria, it's about an hour and a half. Um, exactly. It's still that same 20 minute, 25 minute mm-hmm. drive, oh. but everybody kind of lives out lives out west. It's a lot more rural and I don't want to say everybody, but there's quite a few people that live out West and drive into Phoenix and work. And then they're going West to go home and it, it backs traffic way up. Um, The majority of the people that are out East, they're not so spread out. You know, a lot of those people, their commutes are very short. You get on and off the freeway right away. Um, Everything's close by and you don't have to take I-10 at that point. So you're not stuck with, you know, the semi-trucks and stuff that are going out to LA or wherever in California yeah. um, you know you're it's so much easier to move east across Phoenix and and when I say Phoenix um, anybody that hasn't looked at kind of like a map of the area Phoenix is actually kind of kind of southwest of like the greater Phoenix area so every time somebody talks about you know They want, they need to be downtown Phoenix or look at downtown Phoenix, Mm -hmm. you know, Glendale's Mm -hmm. only this far. Mm -hmm. So they don't actually know what they're talking about when they're saying, well, if you're just moving from Glendale to Phoenix, you're talking about moving 10 miles where they're talking about putting the new arena is like 25, 30 miles east of where they were. And on a game night, you know, that saves everybody who's coming from the east side at a minimum an hour. And people that are getting off at 4:30 and 5 o'clock in the afternoon, by the yeah. time they get home, pick up their family. Yeah. There's not enough time to make it west
0: to again. That's what you were mentioning. I was like, so, I was like, nobody knows about this. Like, we we got to talk about this because everyone, again, like I don't want to sound like this this arrogant or there's this ignorant guy, but like everyone talks about Arizona. It's, it's free entrance and it's cheap and 5,000 seats and like no, the, we just heard. From you guys that it's the same pricing that we get elsewhere in the nhl maybe a little bit less than the, the original six teams but um and then you have a big traffic and you have some risks and, and and stuff like that but i i think people gotta know this like it's uh as if arizona needed more things mm-hmm. going against them so yeah uh, alex you wanted to say so, something
3: yeah if i can just add some perspective to this too yeah when i lived in arizona i lived 50 miles northwest of the city of Phoenix, of the city of Glendale, which is on the far western side of Phoenix. I had a cousin that lived on the eastern side. I actually think he lived in Mesa. We would Mm -hmm. routinely meet for Coyotes games since it was was, uh, there. We would leave at the same time, and we, driving 50 miles away, would usually beat him coming from the east side of the city to the west. That's just that's how bad wow. traffic you can get in that that section, and most of our population in that city is in the east.
1: That's Man. that that is so interesting. I mean, like it doesn't. Yeah. It, it go ahead, Matt.
2: Yeah, so I actually live in Tucson, which is about a hundred and ten miles southeast of where they play in Glendale, and I had a buddy, Stewart. Him and I were season ticket holders, and he lived uh, like northeast Scottsdale and um i'd usually leave tucson for a game around 4:45 and he'd leave scottsdale at like 5:15 half an hour after me i had a 120 mile drive and he had a 40 mile drive and we'd get there about the same time
1: wow yeah. that, is, that is so that is so interesting i mean what i was going to say was have you guys have both of you ever been to vancouver
2: i have not Alex, have so, you
3: on the bucket list? It's on the bucket list, but unfortunately, no, I have not yet.
1: Uh, take it off the bucket list. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> if you go there, yeah, you can cross
0: off China as well. If you go there, so <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, in Vancouver, everyone lives east because, and downtown's west because you know no one wants to pay a million bucks for a closet, and uh, no one wants to live on Skid Road, and that's basically our downtown um however the NHL arena is down there as well and we have a lot of transit that takes uh takes you to the game that's a majority of of how you get to the game is by transit so and the transit actually does span pretty pretty far east um to a city called Surrey and um from there you can you can get to the game fairly easy in, in about uh from Surrey Central to uh Stadium Chinatown that's about 45 minutes, I think. So it's not bad. Um, if you're gonna drive that, it's it's hell. It's so I totally agree on the like I totally sympathize with the traffic, but the thing is, I don't know about the rules around the Arizona in, in cities in Arizona, but you just don't drive here. Like just try and figure out another way. Um, it seems like uh I mean we all know like certain so traffics it's, in it's like a LA and different. stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a little different with Arizona with Phoenix because we don't have a ton of mountains. We don't have an ocean. We don't have a lot of that stuff in the way. So everything's actually spread out. So if you were to like draw a line from, you know, the Southwest part of the greater Phoenix area to like the Northeast Scottsdale edge, um, you're, you're talking like a 75 mile drive to get from the farthest end of the city to the other farthest end of the city. Wow. Um, but it's all one it's all one big city. There's there's no breaks in between or anything like that. You're just traveling through, you know, eight different small cities in the greater yeah. Phoenix area.
1: Would you kind of maybe compare that to LA? Similar to how LA's yeah. kind of Yeah, it's yeah.
2: it's so LA's population is considerably higher. LA's mm-hmm. built upward though, as a city itself um phoenix and la are probably roughly the same size but you know la is skyscrapers and high-rise apartments and yeah you know there's plenty of places for people to live that way but exactly we don't have so much of that in phoenix but we are very very spread out okay oh that's interesting i didn't know that
1: i didn't know that i mean the only kind of the only kind of idea i've had of of uh well in in terms of anything in Arizona has been some videos and and All
2: right so and, hang on guys I I hate to break this on on your guys' show and not ours uh but there are reports the coyotes have reached an agreement on a contract extension with coach Andre Turney um details nice. haven't come out yet um but that's that's a huge deal for coyotes fans for anybody that's watched the development of some of the kids um and some of the resurgence of some of the vets um that's huge news and hopefully we'll have some some term Mm -hmm. and and money or something to go along with that by the end of the show
1: um okay yeah you know what we're gonna bring that up in a in a little bit here um we could probably yeah, say that. Sorry to interrupt for,
2: there, guys, but that, no, no, that's no worries.
0: I love but, it. It's our hey, March. It's our first uh, breaking news.
1: Yeah, you, you <laughs> guys are going to replace uh, Sean McKenzie. Um, <laughs> I got a couple questions, and you guys have kind of um mentioned, you've talked about, you know, hockey in Arizona, and you've also talked about um how you know like like hockey here is equivalent to like college football and stuff like that. So, how large is hockey in in the Arizona area in general, like? Other minor hockey teams or a bunch of community rinks? I mean, something that we've talked about before on the podcast is how the Vegas owner has, and and the Vegas Golden Knights have kind of grown hockey in Vegas, or not hockey, sorry, grown sports in Vegas, and um, one of the Vegas owners is expanding hockey in the Vegas area, so he's building, or he has plans to build about six community rinks or something like that. Um, Is there access to hockey if you're, you know, I don't know, even at Recreational? Like, is there access around Arizona, or is it mainly kind of centered in in around the
2: Coyotes? Um, I would say it's it's centered around Phoenix. Um, we we do have a nice climate out here, so we actually have a few Narch teams, which um is uh inline. Okay. Yeah. Inline hockey as opposed to ice. Um, and that's actually where a lot of people. Yes, that's actually where a lot of people out here start. Um, and it, I know it it does get played North as well. I know there's a lot of purists out there who say it's not real hockey. Um, you can Mm. find videos of Connor Bedard playing it. I mean, you know, Pat Maroon was, he he got his start in, in roller. He's a three time Stanley cup champ. That's a little more of what we, we have outside of the Phoenix area. But, um, you know, as I mentioned before, Tucson's getting three sheets of ice that are going to be public um I believe Yuma recently got a sheet of ice Yuma's right on the California Arizona border uh, a little bit west of Phoenix I'm not real familiar with everything up north but I do know Flagstaff NAU they've got a a public sheet of ice and and a public league up there as well so it, it's definitely growing and and the registry so in in the United States to play ice hockey you've got to register with USA Hockey And um, that everybody's just got to do it. It's just how it is. Mm -hmm. So Arizona has been one of the top uh, states as far as new registrations. Um, Maybe not so much like the highest total number of people registered to play hockey. But in a year over year, they're seeing the highest growth. Okay, that's good. That's really good.
3: And I can touch a little bit on the stuff up north, too, because that's where I played and lived when I lived down there. Okay. Um, Prescott does have one sheet available, but it's not. It's usually booked pretty far out in advance. So uh, you. Right. So really for what it's. Water
2: for Prescott's a very small mountain town. It's not, you know, like this huge city of, you know, a million people trying to no share problem. one ice rink. It's a smaller town.
3: Yeah. No, it's a smaller town. And then Flickstaff, which is another – it's a larger town, but it's another smallish mountain town. Flagstaff has got – when I lived down there, I want to say they had two sheets of ice, the NAU one. Okay. But the other one had issues when I left. I don't know. So I don't know if that's still the case. But I do know okay. roller hockey, boot hockey, that's all actually pretty big up, up there too. You, I played in a, I played in a league and I played with a group of guys up there. It was, there was lots of fun. I mean, okay, we just, yeah, it's it it's growing. And as uh, Matt previously mentioned, as our owner gets to put more money and gets to put more uh, emphasis on this after our arena's up, we you'll see it grow even more. So I
1: think, I think. I mean, people will always make fun of 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 Bettman for for many reasons, but obviously, you know, a one one joke going around obviously online is how he's you know reviving Arizona and wants to keep them in Arizona, all this stuff. But I think it has more to do with with just the grow of the growth of hockey, and obviously that leads to the the NHL's numbers going up. Um, you want to grow hockey, not just in you know like there's a, obviously aside from the fact he probably hates Canadian teams and Canada in general. <laughs> however uh you know you won't see a hockey team necessarily going up just because it's cold it will be up in you know northern saskatchewan like you won't see that um but you will see it try to grow in in climates not necessarily hockey but it doesn't matter because it's indoors like who cares i mean there's a lot of hockey that gets played here in the spring and the summer so i agree 100 percent now i wanted to get into uh just quickly before we go into the current team roster and what the current team is um what other major pro sports are there in Arizona? Do these take away from hockey in in the desert? Like, I mean, we talked. I, I mentioned briefly Vegas, but Vegas has done the opposite. Like, it's, the Knights have kind of brought pro sports there. Vancouver, the Canucks. You know, like in Canada, we have the Blue Jays and 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 yeah, the Blue Jays in terms of MLB and the Raptors. But like, no other Canadian team has any of that. Like like um, Vancouver has the BC Lions. But to tell you the truth, during one of their games, you could shoot a gun in there and you wouldn't hit anyone. Um, so it's it's not very big. Everyone goes to Vancouver games. So I don't know. What other major pro sports are there in Arizona?
2: Uh, it's a very good point about, you know, potentially taking away. Um, Arizona's actually got the big four. Um, they've got football, basketball, baseball and hockey there. Um, they're potentially going to have an MLS team at some point, uh, Phoenix rising was their, their, uh, soccer team. They're not an MLS team, but they're on the verge of getting one. So there's quite a bit of competition. And then you talk about college football at ASU, uh, college hockey, ASU being a D one team, uh, the U of a down in Tucson, uh, NAU up in Flagstaff. There's a considerable amount around the valley
1: okay do you guys think that that probably takes away from the coyotes or do you think hey listen like there's already too much too many people going to mullet arena because you mentioned the fan experience at mullet arena and how loud it actually is maybe maybe they're doing just fine
3: well one thing on that real quick is especially early on or the last couple years the owner of the phoenix suns robert sarver was very actively against the coyotes coming into anywhere any really any part of eastern phoenix. He's he had fought against them tooth and nail, so none of that has helped, but with the new ownership there that should help. But it is definitely it's a basketball and football town. It that okay. lives and breathes those two sports first I before see. anything else. I mean and oh, I and, think that's and baseball so, as well. I mean,
2: some of this has to do with with ticket price. Um, um football games are a little expensive. You only get eight home games a year, but when you're talking about competing with basketball and you know the slight overlap you get with baseball, um, you know, going to a Suns game will cost you a third of what it costs to go to a Coyotes game.
4: Mm, and going okay. to a
2: Diamondbacks game, you can get into the building for 15 bucks. So when it comes to you know, what sports are affordable? Hockey, by comparison, it's an expensive ticket. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay.
0: Who who would have thought this? You, Seriously, like people you, listening to this? Impossible. Impossible.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that.
3: Wow. You also have the fact that it is, it is such a heavy snowbird state. A lot of people have moved from northern and eastern places, and um have taken their fan interests with them that's why you see games like the blackhawks where there's a ton of well maybe
2: not the blackhawks anymore but (laughs) yeah maybe maybe (laughs) not the
3: blackhawks these past couple of years but
2: but oilers fans uh you know
3: yeah
2: oilers fans tend to fill our building that's for sure it's rough
1: oh really oh
2: yeah connor connor mcdavid will do that to
1: oh yeah that's fair
2: to a a dormant (laughs) fan base down here that's fair I we we never had edmonton fans here and then they got mcdavid and all of a sudden (laughs) they just started popping up here yeah it's kind of like (laughs) kind of like blackhawks fans they were never here all of a sudden they win a cup they're all over the place they do bad for five years they're gone
1: yeah that's that's the b word but anyways um Okay. (laughs) Okay. Going into the current team roster, Alex, I have a couple things here and maybe you can touch on them. I mean, obviously recently Matt Dumba, highest paid defenseman on the Arizona coyotes at a whopping uh, 3 million, I think, uh, or (laughs) three. (laughs) I'm going to fall off
0: my chair here. (laughs)
1: 3.9 million. Um, Obviously, uh, you know, injured reserve is not a scary thing for the coyotes. I mean, uh, most notable, most notably, uh, Shea Weber is on the Coyotes, believe it or not, Danny. Uh, <laughs> however, um, what I found interesting is that um, the entire, well, not the entire D-Core, as in prospect pool and AHL included, but as far as I can see on the, the NHL roster, every every defenseman is going to expire next year. So is what's exactly, what do you guys exactly see? I mean, not, you, can, you guys can touch on the forwards as well. I mean, maybe defense isn't necessarily the, the focus point here. However, I mean, it, it, it's not, we're no stranger to the fact that the Coyotes do need right-handed defensemen, especially in their prospect pool. Do um, you guys have any idea, any thoughts on on how, you know, your defense is going to look like in the future? Well, future as in next year, um, or just any thoughts about the team in general?
3: So, I know. So, on the defensemen expiring, uh, three of those names JJ Moser, Yusuf Balamaki, and Sean they're all restricted free agents. They're Mm -hmm. going to extend, they're going to stay, they're going to be part of the core long term. Um, and honestly, uh,
2: Victor Soderstrom RFA as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, Victor Soderstrom, yeah, Soderstrom as well. And that's a right handed D, yeah.
3: That is Um, so those are those are like those are your core pieces I don't expect somebody to be here longer than this year but who knows maybe he fits in really well and goes forward but this is a team I personally think we're going to be after we're going to take a little bit of a step forward this year and as a result I think we're going to be looking at buying and that's where our big piece is going to come on the decor next year but it definitely needs some work. Our defense is going to be largely what holds us back this year. Having said that, I really do expect J.J. Moser to become an almost household name. He's gonna, He's been really rock solid over the last couple of years despite nobody really knowing who he is. He's just been really good, and I think with the team improving in front of him, I think you're going to see Tim take a leap and yeah, I expect him to be one of the leaders along with Jersey on its decor core. As we go into this new era.
1: I mean, JJ Moser is definitely someone that's coming to the picture. I mean, I, I I'm someone who likes mock trades as well. You go onto CapFriendly's friendly's, uh, uh, cap friendly's, uh, tool there, or you go onto HF boards and you'll see a bunch of, uh, proposals and you also see, you'll... It's it's so funny. I've got Canucks friends, and and we'll look at a Canucks proposal or something, and it's got J.J. Moser, and everyone's like, who the f is J.J. Moser? And this guy, <laughs> and this guy is actually pretty decent. And you know what? Like like this is the thing. I mean, I'm no stranger, and same Danny can say the same. We're no strangers to young defensemen um, filling up your. Our uh, defense core, I mean, Montreal is full of them. That's why we're not necessarily the best defensive team in the league. We have a lot of giveaways. Um, but we have a lot of potential. I mean, especially with guys like Caden Gooley and, and uh, you know, our Jack Guy and Harris and, you know, the guys we drafted. Um, with these, I mean, Yusuf Alamaki, that was a, a waiver claim, right? So that was, that was like, there's some good pickups here. Um, in terms of the forward core, you've got Clayton Keller signed long-term. Is he your, is he your captain?
3: Oh, you're breaking he some news here. Is not, he, oh, he is not. No, he isn't. Not yet. I disagree here. Exactly. Not yet. I mean, the key okay. word. <laughs> um, uh-huh. I personally expect we'll see an announcement on that before the start of the year, but oh, okay. he's been the leader of the team on and off the ice. I he's He is the captain. I mean, he may not wear the C, but he does everything a captain would. He, uh, before the vote in Tempe, he spoke before the council board. Um, he repped the Coyotes really well at the awards show, despite the rumors that were swirling about him at the time. And because and you can't see me, I did have air quotes when I did rumors.
1: <laughs> um, yeah.
3: he's, he's a Coyote. He's staying a Coyote. Just end of okay. story there. But he is, he... He is the face of the Coyotes right now, and probably into the future, him and Cooley are going to be the one two faces of this team. And Matthews, and Matthews,
1: okay, (laughs) yeah, and Austin Matthews, of course. Um, he's coming home, he's coming home, (laughs) yeah, he's coming home. Um, so Danny, this is actually quite interesting. So, you know, going back to just quickly about Montreal, Montreal's uh recently had a lot of pick well not recently not the last one but the past two years we had lots of picks in the first three rounds um without looking at cat friendly danny do you know how many picks these guys have in the next three years in the first three rounds
0: (laughs) it's uh (laughs) i'm looking okay i'm cheating here i'm looking at the list (laughs) and it's looking like the app store i mean uh, look at all (laughs) these icons Uh,
1: yeah so the the us have 20 picks in the first three rounds in the next three years um, so yeah, yeah uh, they I guess it's could... weight uh,
0: probably, <laughs> you know, and the, they better bring some backup cameras for their mics when they're selecting players. Like it's, a...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Some batteries and stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe for Matt, um, would you, is, is, is the era and this isn't the diss them. This is just a name I made up. Uh, are the Yotes finally no longer the cap dumpster of the NHL?
2: yeah so there's that joke's probably never gonna die unfortunately it's just (laughs) it's just the way it is um i i don't think what a lot of people have taken into account because you can go talk to people on twitter different fan bases whatever and say Mm -hmm. the coyotes are three million from the the cap and they're like yeah but they've got this much on ltir and you say well Yes, they do, but that means mm-hmm. they could have stopped spending eighteen million dollars ago and they didn't. Yeah. So they're they're not a, a team smart that's yeah. they're yeah, they're not a team that's looking to take on and and uh, Bill Armstrong's come out and said this. They're not looking to take on bad contracts anymore. They're not looking to take on dead money anymore. They are they're they're flipping the page in their rebuild, they're going to the next step. Um, you were talking about 20 draft picks in the next three round or in the first three rounds over the next three years. In addition to that, they've executed five first round draft picks in the last two years. Um, as well mm-hmm. as I want to say like six second round picks in that time wow. as well. Wow. So the, you're, you're not going to be able to execute all these picks. I mean, eventually you don't have enough contract spots for all of these guys. So I would imagine we're going to start seeing picks go out in the next year or two and players coming in as opposed to bad contracts coming in with additional picks, um, you know, guys that are never going to play again. And I think Shea Weber is the only contract left beyond this year um, with any term on it still. Uh, Brian Little. Should come off at the end of this year. Um,
1: Jacob Voracek as Jacob well will come off. Yep. Yeah.
2: I, I, so these are all coming off. Everybody made the joke about you know when Vancouver bought out OEL, you know, and oh Arizona loses a retention slot and they've got to cover you know however much and whatever. That's not the case. I mean, Vancouver decided they wanted to make a terrible trade um they took on oel's <laughs> contract they gave up a bunch of one-year crap contracts and ultimately they buy him out and i think it costs arizona like $190,000 a year in cap hit yeah so th- that's i i can't even i can't even see or fathom why people want to include that as a bad contract that arizona you know was stuck with for the next what five years or six years or whatever i so yeah, I, I
1: think I think the whole thing about it is is the fact that they lose a retention spot. Um, but like you said, I mean Shea Weber's the only one really coming off or the one that has about three years left. Everyone else is going to be coming off the books. I mean, obviously your entire decor is also um the only one really extended long term is is Clayton Keller. Do you do have a couple of buyouts currently that will go into the next year, but they're just basically swapping salaries. So you'll be paying a one point one uh, million for patrick nemeth on buyout um but you don't like sure you lose the retention spot but i don't think the coyotes will be at that point where they'll need to be retaining any bad exactly. contracts or or getting any more picks i think you guys have enough picks
2: so. exactly if you look at the contracts on the books right now uh, they don't they don't have anybody that's really not living up to them and assuming they are going in that turn the corner direction We're going to start bringing players in, move picks out. You're not, you're not looking to move out somebody and retain money on them at the deadline. I mean, uh, the hope this year would be that you're in an Ottawa type situation where maybe you're looking to buy, but you're, you're not out of it at the deadline. You might not be in a playoff spot, but you're not dead, dead last. You're not bottom five. You're not looking to move out any of these core pieces. And that that goes for, you know, guys like Zucker, Kerfoot, Dumba. I I expect no matter what those guys finish the year with the Coyotes, regardless of the situation they're in, because I I believe there's a lot to be said about not disturbing a locker room when you're trying to go in the right direction.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean. And in terms of players, not well, most of them living up to what their contracts are, I mean, it seems like forever ago that Nick Schmaltz trade went through. And, and you know, there's there's definitely other players I do like on this team. I mean, there's two of them that really stick out to me that I like a lot. Um, And maybe I'll get your insight on one of them because I'd like to learn more about him. I really do like Matthias Michelli. I think that's a really good player. But I'm really interested in Lawson Kraus. I mean, this guy gets paid $4.3 million for the next four years. I do like Lawson Kraus. He's a bit, well, I wouldn't say exactly similar to Garland, but Garland was definitely an underrated player when he was on the Coyotes. Um, I think that's why, um, well, did they, okay, at the end of the day, the Vancouver Canucks did pay the price, and they're trying to move on from Garland, well, not because of necessarily the the contract, but because they have too many wingers, but with Lawson Kraus, what are your thoughts on Lawson Kraus um, in terms of upcoming future, is this a player that might move on from the team, I mean, I don't think this is necessarily a player you move on next year, but it's someone I've always liked. He's still young, twenty-six. So, any thoughts? Maybe Alex.
3: So on Lawson Kraus, if for whatever reason Keller isn't named captain, it's it's Lawson Kraus. He is the other oh. leader we have of that. Law. Really? Okay. He's yeah. Um, he takes on a lot of that role. I don't see him going anywhere. This is GMBA likes his big, strong wingers. Krause is a GMBA or general manager, Bill Armstrong for Mm -hmm. non coyote fans out there. (laughs) He is a GMBA. He's, he is the prototypical GMBA player. So yeah, I Krause is, well, I'm not going to sit out, go out there and say he's going to retire a coyote. He's, he's going to finish out these four years as a coyote that I don't see how it doesn't happen. He's, Probably going to play more on the third line as we get better and get more um better players and better wingers there, but that's a what yeah. he's perfect for a guy yeah. who can put up twenty to thirty goals hit uh battle in the corners like this guy is custom made for that he's custom made for playoff hockey he's going to be a huge important part of this team as they look to turn the corner so but matt what do you what do you think about Lawson?
2: I mean, it's worth noting that when he signed his contract, even before he signed his contract, when, when they were getting ready to go to arbitration and everything, um, he, he made it public and stated, I want to retire in Arizona. I want to be a coyote. This is where I want to be. He just got married over the summer. You know, this is where he's trying to put roots down. Um, So it, it's not just a team thing. I think it's a player thing as well. Um, Now, everybody has said things like that at certain points in their career and relationships can sour, You know, it's just how it goes, but for the foreseeable future, um, you know, at a minimum until his contracts up, I think he's in Arizona. If all goes according to plan for the coyotes and they're competing and at least a playoff team by the time his contracts up, I can't see a scenario where he's looking for another team you know if if he he loves Arizona as much as he said not not just the team but the state the you know I, hockey players talk about it all the time you know you get you get to go to the rink in shorts that's right and you don't get to do that everywhere else <laughs> yeah that's true actually
1: i think i, would, I would really like that that'd be actually really nice um with so like when once his contract expires uh, Clayton Keller will have one year left, and, and Lawson Krause will be about 30 years old. I think that's a perfect type of player you want to have, especially with with who I believe. And I like the who's on the team at the moment. We'll get into the prospect pool in a minute, but in terms of young players, I mean, you got... Now, Barrett-Hayton is a bit, well, I wouldn't say controversial, but Barrett-Hayton, you know, like, that that was... it, it, it needs to step up. It, 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 there was that, but there was also... It, there was. Espericokiniemi or Barrett Hayton at the time in 2018. Um, it was a very interesting draft that year was was odd
2: in general. Um, however, right, it was those are bad p- class. That was a bad yeah. draft class in general.
1: Um, oh, I liked it. Hold on, I, I'm um, just kidding. <laughs> the, <laughs> six. Hold on, this is Adina. Uh, Quinn Hughes went in that right. So yeah. It, yeah, it wasn't horrible. Four <laughs>
2: uh, number four was, well, was, I was mean, pretty good, I think. Yeah, yeah screw I'm not saying point. there wasn't. I mean, in even in <laughs> bad drafts, you get a couple of good players. But yeah, that's when true. you're talking about NHL players that come out of a single draft, uh, there wasn't a lot to come out of that that first round. They're just uh, it was a pretty even draft all the way across, and it just wasn't great. In-
1: you know, I, I it seems as if Montreal and Arizona are very connected in some ways, especially when it comes to the draft. It always seems like things are revolving around both of them, whether their picks are close to each other. I mean, obviously with with uh, the whole center situation in 2018, and then we had um Kuk, or sorry, not Yisferi, uh, Yuri Slavkovsky and Logan Cooley, and then there was um you know the two defensemen and both teams wanting defensemen and number five and number six with uh Reinbacher and Dmitry Simachev. Um, it seems like there is a bit of connect there, and it seems like he like okay. I'm always saying to myself, okay, Montreal's picking this. Now, who is Arizona gonna take? And um, I, I wouldn't say that Arizona gets scot free. I mean, there's obviously controversy, especially with the last draft. We'll get into that in a second. But um, I I I'm gonna come out and say it. I think they made a great pick. But we'll like I said, we're gonna talk about it later. We you guys have players like Logan Cooley and Dylan Gunther. Sorry, Canucks fans. Um, the, like Michelli. I mean, these are players that I, I see growing and I don't think are going to fall short. Like, there's a lot of prospects you look at and you're like, you know, how, how did they slot in? Well, there's no place for them not to slot in into this roster. And not saying, not putting anything down on the, the Coyotes roster, but like with Clayton Keller playing as number one center. Um, or a or top six role. I mean, this guy could definitely slot in if Logan Cooley becomes that number one center, and this guy could slot in easily on his line or in a second C role. What are your thoughts on any of these guys' guys's development, uh, like Cooley or Gunther? I mean, Gunther I'm very interested in because I obviously joke of my Canucks friends a lot about that um, because that's a great player they gave up, and I really like him a lot.
2: Well, we could start with Gunther then. Um Big thing with him that seems to get overlooked by quite a few people is he's not just a shooter. Um, He was drafted ninth overall. It was the Vancouver pick. Um, And coming in, everybody talked about, you know, he's got first line winger potential. He could score 50 goals, you know, in his best season.
3: Unbelievable
2: Mm -hmm. shot, unbelievable release. And what nobody talks about is his growth killing penalties um in the WHL he didn't really get a shot to do that and in Arizona this year you know a little underage Arizona's roster was built full of guys who can play defense and kill penalties and don't do much else Mm -hmm. so not a lot of need for it here um but he's really worked at becoming a two-way winger um that's I think that's the biggest part of his development I don't necessarily look at him as being, you know, a guy like, um, I don't know, maybe he, he's not really like a Caulfield or, um, you know, a Debrinket or somebody like that. I think he's mm-hmm. going to fit more of the less physical Mark Stone type role. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't see him being, you know, a Selkie candidate or anything like that, like Mark Stone is, but I think that's more the game that as Gunther there gets a little older, grows into his body a little more, becomes a little more physically mature. I think that's the direction we're going to kind of start seeing him go.
1: I think that's a really good uh, analogy. I like that comparison. Um, I'm not the biggest Mark Stone enthusiast. Um, I, I do like him. I think he's got good leadership capabilities. I mean, obviously I, I'm a little biased. I mean, if you were to live the, uh, the, the, <laughs> the uh, Montreal Ottawa series where you know PK Subban chopped his arm off and seemed like he was going to die <laughs> um <laughs> uh you know since then the guy hasn't scored a whole lot so i see what you mean in terms of that ties into like you know the goal scoring effect but the guy is definitely a versatile forward and i think the thing that's pretty accurate to what's i've seen from Gunther i mean i'm mean, obviously as a canadian the guy's played for canada u18s and u20s i've loved what he's done there the guy's performed really well the whl which i consider the best chl league um so this guy's gonna turn out he's gonna turn out and i like him a lot um danny any questions thoughts about the team anything you want to ask before we move on
0: well one of the things that we talked about like since doing these deep dives is you know we kind of went over really really quickly for the vancouver one and i wanted to talk more about the roster but you guys did such a great job i think Look, I, I, to be honest with you, I, I never had J.J. Moser on, on my list uh, of uh, of players to watch for. Uh, following this episode, I'm going to be paying a little bit more attention to it. Obviously, I'm, I know it's a generic comment, but I, I'm looking excited to see what Cooley does, uh, just to see if you know if we made the right choice with Slavkovsky or not. Um, one thing that you guys didn't really touch on is goalies. Uh, do we want to talk
2: about that, or there's not much to say here before we move yeah, on? Yeah, no, we, we can get into that. Um okay. so right now, uh Corelva Melka and Connor Ingram are gonna probably be the two guys at the NHL level. Um if you look I, if you follow the analytics of goaltending and you actually you care more about goals saved above expected as opposed to save percentage, which I've always viewed save percentage as more of a team stat. Um, you know, if you face a ton of high danger chances, because, you know, the, the team is tired, doesn't have possession a lot. Um, and the quality of shot you face is high. Generally, your save percentage is going to be a little lower. So looking at goals saved above expected, um, Connor Ingram and Karel Vemelka were, were both, um, I believe top 15 in the league. Now, um, that's, Per 60, that's not, you know, overall, because neither one of them, you know, played a, a ton of games to to wind up in that position at the end. But um, both of them have grown quite a bit. There was a lot of talk about Karel Vemelka potentially being a trade target for Edmonton last year. Um, You know, when Jack Campbell was struggling, Stuart Skinner yeah. was struggling. They needed a guy to go into the playoffs. There was a ton of talk about him. Um. He might he might be the guy who ends up out in Arizona, though, um, at the end of his deal. Whereas Ingram may end up sticking around a little longer. He just signed a three year contract. Um, Vamilka's got two years left. But the Coyotes just drafted Michael Rabel um at thirty eight this year. He was um a lot of a lot of people actually had him pick going to Montreal. Um you know since you guys brought up the fact that Arizona and Montreal seem to be entwined quite a bit mm-hmm. um but yeah it, at thirty eight I think the coyotes got their goalie of the future. There were a lot of people who thought coyotes fans who thought Ivan Prosvitov was going to be it um another six foot five huge goaltender, unbelievable numbers in the c h l came to Tucson, had a good year and just really hasn't progressed since year one. Um, he might be a guy who ends up claimed off waivers this year. Uh, it's his first year of waiver eligibility. The Coyotes are going to have three, three guys there: Vimelka Ingram, and Prosvitov. So we'll see if Prosvitov goes anywhere. But I, I really do like Connor Ingram going forward.
0: Okay, and he, and he and I was think a waiver was,
2: claim as well.
0: It was pretty good in Nashville. I remember like one specific game that he stepped in. I don't remember who what the opponent was, but I think he did like really really good job. I remember him I, just because he has like a funky mask, so I remember him.
1: Pretty well. <laughs> I I was gonna say that most recently. I mean, we could talk about the. We're gonna get into the L.A. Kings eventually, but the L.A. Kings have had a bit of a conundrum in terms of goaltending. Um, someone I was in a space uh probably around the trade deadline or before the trade deadline, and someone had some L.A. Kings fan joined, and he had so much praise. For Connor Ingram, and he was hoping mm-hmm. that the Kings would try and, and grab him. So yeah. that guy kind of got on my my radar. I mean, there's so many goalies. We're gonna get another group of these guys that will transition from uh, just barely a backup. I mean, we could talk about Sam Mountainbow, but there, uh, you know, yeah, like yeah, Aiden. Yeah. But no, but what I'm saying is going from a <laughs> you know like hey this guy was supposed to be a backup to like transitioning into a starter. Obviously, most notable is Aiden Hill on, in Vegas. Uh, Aiden Hill for me for years was just this this barely backup guy. Like I would have if he retired a few years ago, I wouldn't have noticed. And now it's like, you know, he's won a Stanley Cup. So I think I wouldn't say Connor Ingram's gonna win Arizona Stanley Cup next year, but I think Connor Ingram's
2: kind of that guy. I, no, but it, I'll go out on a limb and say I'd rather have Connor Ingram than Aiden Hill. And I'm <laughs> that's no wow. that that's not that's not like, you know, the the Fan goggles or anything like that. We had Aiden Hill in Arizona for quite a while, lots of ups That's and downs. True. And I, I just, I, I hate making this comparison, but I mean, Aiden Hill's run feels very Matt Murray esque to me.
1: No, I agree. I agree, hundred percent. Now, like, I don't want to piss off, and you know, the entire big. I've already <laughs> kind of pissed them off last episode. Uh, <laughs> you know, I basically said they're not a hockey fan base. Um. <laughs> However um I do what I do know what you mean um they didn't really sign him long term so but they did sign him I think for 5 million so uh, you know it, it's 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 what it is but what I mean is that transitioning basically like to compare compare them is just that all I'm saying is I just see Connor Ingram kind of transitioning into that role I th- I thought it was going to be um I mean rob is it Rable or Rable Horrible,
2: horrible. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Jesus. Her yeah. <laughs> that horrible. Uh, her, her will... Anyways. <laughs> um. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Do you know how many? Okay, right off the top of your head, do you know how many goalies Arizona drafted in the 2023 draft?
2: Three.
1: Uh, okay, yeah. I think Montreal drafted four or three. I uh, something like that. Um, so yeah it is okay. very similar I know what you mean like yeah it, he was projected to go Montreal I believe we got a better goalie I I love the guy we drafted um in the second round or third round sorry um but you know like for the for the most uh, sorry uh, Jacob Fowler I was just trying to dodge uh, saying his name because I forgot it um but there are a lot of goalies and I I I just say that like in terms of drafting, I think Arizona, Montreal, really close. So I was kind of looking at, I was kind of looking at uh, Arizona drafting. I was like, oh geez, they're taking some goalies too. And there was four goalies in the fourth round going went in a row. So I don't know why everyone's p- picking picking at Arizona, Montreal for picking so many goalies. Everyone's picking goalies. It was a goalie yeah. draft. So we'll see see what turns out. But uh, but yeah, Danny, anything else you want to add? No, not for this. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, we can move on. Well,
0: you guys touched on it a little bit, like the goalies prospects and the drafts that we had recently. So when I'm looking at the um, the prospect pool, and I, I want to, obviously, we're not going to go through one by one here, but uh, th- there's been a few notable ones. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: One thing that I, uh, probably March is probably tired of me hearing about oh,
1: this, but here we go. Uh,
0: I have to say, Connor, geeky man. Like everyone talks about him, like now he's like the next Brian Boyle. He's not. You just give him time. He, he's, he's a six foot five center, uh, Canadian guy. Um, he's in, in the AHL. is doing it tremendously well. Like I, I don't know. Uh, not sorry, not the AHL, but the WHL. Like I, I don't know. Like it's um, other notables ones that we we had uh, for you guys. It's obviously like you mentioned earlier on, uh, Simachev for defense, uh, sixth overall, uh, Daniel Butt. Uh, so that's a left hand. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: but boot, boot. i would have called it danny boo but whatever something okay.
0: <laughs> so this guy is the guy 12 overall um that you guys drafted out that, that came out of the Shikrin trade by the way so I, I had to look that up just to confirm but um yeah i mean herbal uh herbal uh, uh at second uh, why do i get this segment march i get the one <laughs> hey,
1: it's not my fault the coyotes drafted a bunch of God, it's just the hardest names. I think they put it through like a generator. Uh,
0: John, it, it looks like the NHL game, like a similar player, Wayne Gretzky. Okay, uh,
1: uh, Jonathan
0: Castanza, or I guess, guess whatever. I'm gonna skip. So.
1: Yeah,
0: exactly. And then um, the year before, obviously Logan Cooley. That's gonna be a good, good one, I think. Uh, Maverick Lamoureux is um, is a is a huge defenseman, uh, Quebecois. Uh, he was recently on a podcast saying that uh, Logan Cooley is going to be the absolute best uh, person from that draft. So it's going to be interesting. Obviously, it's his teammates. i not going to say he sucks, but um, I'm curious to see what Maverick, uh, if he ends up uh, making the team or if he ends up being traded to somewhere else. I can see him being traded. Um, looking at the, the rest here, uh, Dylan Gunter, obviously. Shane Doan, sorry, not Shane Doan, but Josh Doan. Any connection <laughs> to Shane Doan
2: or yeah, it's his, yeah, it's son. his son yeah really
0: okay
1: second round yeah. pick okay
0: um yeah. yeah J.J. Moser
2: from that same year
0: um, I will um, say nothing you... really yeah
2: uh seventh so seventh March. round pick out of that year Sam Lipkin uh yeah. he just won a national championship with Quinnipiac uh beat Logan Cooley's team in the final um okay. decided decided to go back to college but was offered a um an elc this year so um said that he intends to sign with the coyotes next year everybody always says you know uh nobody wants to play in arizona he's going to stay the full time whatever i i actually believe he's going to sign with the coyotes next year um but he might be the steal of that draft yeah and then um uh, yeah, I'm looking at the, I'm struggling here,
0: but it's okay. I mean, uh, we're gonna get through this. Don't worry. Kevin Ball was such a promising uh, prospect that just fell off. Uh, it kind of reminds me of a few defensemen, but um, I was looking actually forward to him being becoming something and drafted uh, almost four years now and nothing. So, um,
2: and I'm sure what happened Ke- there.
1: Kevin Kevin Ball.
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's he's in New Jersey. He was part of the Taylor Hall trade um uh, that oh wound up being a horrible horrible deal for us new jersey went and took that first round pick drafted dawson mercer ended up with kevin ball he's been you know a, a solid steady third pair defenseman um yeah yeah that uh that's that's not a time coyotes fans like thinking about
1: <laughs> new westminster boy there we go don't ever draft a, a hometown kid uh in vancouver um, they never turn out, uh, AKA Jake for 10. Uh, I was just going to say there's, um, because, uh, Danny mentioned, uh, Maverick Lamoureux or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. C- here we go with like, can you guys draft like, jo- like, you know, John something John, like, John Smith. you know,
2: so-
1: <laughs> someone with a name. <laughs> Sam that you can- Lipkin. Oh, okay. Sam there you <laughs> go. <laughs> um, is it true that, uh, I, I thought I heard somewhere that, uh, I think Alex has a, a goose or something in his house. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, is is it true that he had like some shoulder injury and he he lost a lot of weight? He I don't know, I heard something.
2: He uh he had so- shoulder surgery. I think he lost 12 pounds.
4: Okay. Um, can you give you know, it to while uh...
2: while he wasn't working out? So okay. Um, I don't want to say he lost a year in his development because you know there there's still plenty you can do. But it is a big deal when a guy who's, you know, six foot six or six foot five, you know, drops, or I'm sorry, six foot seven, when he drops 12 pounds and, you know, he's still under 200 pounds.
1: Yeah, that is, that is, that's tough. I mean, I was going to say if he could give some of that weight to our, you know, Lane Hudson, but unfortunately, uh, probably not. I, I, one thing that uh, I'd like to mention here, and I don't, I don't know if you guys have any insight to this. Uh, Danny and I, uh, well, Danny seems very, uh, uh, what's the word for it? Um, passionate about it. Uh, the whole idea of, you know, w- w- what's the ideal height, like, or not the ideal height, but what's the true height? Because Danny's most passionate about how Slavkovsky was, you know, supposed to be six five, and now he's six three, and he's very upset. It's uh, becoming six one, I think uh, next season. <laughs> I hmm. mean, like, like here I see was uh, you know Mavericks six five, and I just read up that he's six seven. So, like, maybe here's a question for you guys on your podcast: What do you guys use when when talking about players? And is there a lot of like deep analytics when it comes to Arizona, uh, whether it's on social media or any websites you use?
2: Uh, so I I'm, mainly I'm use used elite to... Pro- I use... Go ahead.
3: Oh, for uh, the height and weight and all that, I mainly use Elite Prospects, but aside from that, for the reading up on pl- Prospects and all of that, I, I use a little bit of everything. Uh, every, a mm-hmm. lot of stuff, I uh, read a lot of stuff, and... I uh, I'm, I almost always have a podcast in one earbud playing, so it's I I devour a lot of hockey content for, mm, okay. for that. Uh,
1: so. any any so specific? I, uh, oh, you can go ahead, Matt.
2: I I've got I've got quite a few actually. I I got way too many subscriptions at this point. Um, <laughs> I definitely follow Pronman and uh, Scott Wheeler. Um, I've had Scott Wheeler on on our show a few times talking about you know, the draft and stuff like that. He's unbelievably knowledgeable. Um, Subscribe to EP Ringside, which is elite prospects. Um, Cam Robinson, um, phenomenal, phenomenal guy to follow, especially when it comes to the guys that aren't necessarily your top 10, top 15 picks in the draft. Um, as, As far as deep dives go, Cam Robinson's a great follow um, Mm -hmm. for stuff like that. Uh, Mitch Brown and um, I don't remember. I don't remember his last name. Lassie Thomas, maybe Uh, from EP Rinkside. They they came up with an analytic um, tool that measures. uh, Lassie did European skaters um, out of multiple European leagues. Tom, uh, Mitch Brown did uh, the CHL, the USHL, and uh, the NCAA, and they basically did player cards similar to the way, uh, like I don't know if you guys have seen the J Fresh cards or Corey Pronman, or I'm sorry, um, Dom Lejuk. I can't say Dom's last name. Oh Leju- yeah, name. yeah, that's uh, uh, yeah, Dom you know, Lejuk. Okay. Yeah, yeah, how those guys have player <laughs> well, no, cards I for know NHL guys. Is. <laughs> yeah. How, how, how those two do like player cards for NHL players. Um, Dom also did a, a prospect card um, that I think it uses NHL E as its basis um, for ranking prospects. And then uh EP, they actually did like a, a full like, you know, zone entry uh, expected goals for uh, slot passes Um, you know, offensive zone recoveries, defensive zone recoveries, and they, they actually break it down in a percentile. They're great for kind of gauging. And now you have to keep in mind that this goes across multiple leagues. So when you're comparing somebody out of the NCAA to somebody who's playing in the CHL, they're not in the same league. It's kind of like looking at plus minus on two different teams Mm-hmm. It's a great metric to use within the league, but it doesn't necessarily mean that because this guy in, you know, the in the queue has, you know, this card and this guy who's playing in the NCAA against guys who are, you know, up to 24 years of age, his card looks like this, that it makes this guy in the queue better because, you know, the, the NCAA as a whole is probably a little more difficult than the queue. So you, there's a lot to it, but yeah, there's there's so much out there right now, um, especially with analytics getting involved in prospects because that wasn't the case in the past. hmm Yeah. Yeah. I'm March. Uh, I'm the dinosaur
0: uh, Don Cherry for for drafting. Uh, big tall uh, Canadian boy from Saskatchewan. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah.
2: The you'll yeah. <laughs> so so you're you're totally fine with all the french canadians that montreal takes not at all but
0: uh <laughs> 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 but uh no but like it's uh, you know i mean uh, if we we got to be factual here i can say that uh, vegas was all canadian right i mean uh, can't winner was quebecois and uh i don't know it's uh i'm telling you right now that like this coolie guy is going to be i think quite something i think uh, the other players as well but uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing Geeky get a chance uh, in a in a different team as well uh, if he if he if they decide to trade him. But I'm a huge fan. Uh, his brother is gonna do great in Boston, and I think he will be he
2: will become quite something uh, in the very n- near future. So. So we can touch on Geeky just a little bit here. Um, yeah. There's been a little bit of talk that he might not be a center in the NHL. Mm, um, maybe. Potentially could be a winger. There were also rumors, and and again, I, I don't get to watch a ton of WHL games, but there were plenty of rumors that him and his coach didn't necessarily see eye to eye as far as the team scheme and what Geeky was being asked to do and how well he was able to assimilate to that scheme. and maybe it wasn't that he didn't necessarily take another step forward last year because i i think his skating improved a little bit um his release improved a little bit as well there there were aspects of his game that got better but i i am curious as to maybe if he was playing in the american hockey league um you know which is unfortunate because the chl agreement prohibits that but maybe playing in a, a little different system a little um a little tighter game maybe something that might lend to his size to what what he might be more efficient at if he couldn't develop the rest of his game a little better in a scenario like that or even staying mm-hmm. in the WHL but under a different head coach
0: maybe i mean keep in mind that also he was on the same team as, uh, as Zach Benson
2: so that's not
0: that's gotta not help either. I mean, you got this top prospect being drafted next year. You're here. It's your uh, taking away. I don't know. Taking away the spotlight, ice time, and ice time uh, spotlight. Yeah, all of these things. So I don't know. I I remain optimistic. Um, speaking of teams, like you mentioned that a little bit, and I was looking at the, this whole list of uh, drafted players by the uh, the Coyotes. Um, You're your two first round picks this year. They, they were from the same team. They're teammates. This, uh, yep, out of yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was pretty interesting when I saw that. This is the type of thing that you can't really know until you, you see it in front of you on a list, but, uh, um, so
2: interesting note on them. Um, there, there was almost no scouting done in Russia. Um, uh, tell I know... the Canadians about that. Yeah, they know. <laughs> well, I, I mean, in general this year with the, the Ukraine conflict, um, Almost nobody saw anybody live. Um, Armstrong and Daryl Plandowski, who is the uh, amateur scouting director for the Coyotes, they actually traveled to Belarus and they watched them play in Minsk. So there, there's a lot of guesswork in where Russians were going to get drafted. Uh, Corey Pronman basically said if if this guy's name was, you know, kale something or other and he was (laughs) born in canada and playing in the whl that simashev probably goes you know top five um but you know there's there's a lot of we didn't get to see these players live a lot of team scouting departments didn't get to go over and watch these guys so with in regards to the russian prospects um it's gonna be interesting to see how they turn out. There are some videos of Simachev skating, and for a guy who's six four, six five, you know, two hundred pounds, the guy moves like he's five eleven. Oh. Uh, it's it's mind blowing. Yeah, watching him skate. Well, this let me is, ask you this: Were there any rumblings about Ryan Biker?
0: or has it always been yeah. Simachev for you So
2: guys? Scott Wheeler was on our show in. I want to say the end of May. And Scott Wheeler brought up both Reinbacher and Dalibor Dvorsky, And he said that he was nearly 100% sure if Montreal didn't take Reinbacher, that Arizona was going to take Reinbacher. And then if Reinbacher was gone, the Coyotes were going to go Dvorsky. So I imagine, uh, you know, I, I can't say for sure. Nobody actually knows other than Bill Armstrong and his team whether or not they would have taken reinbacher but he was definitely linked to arizona at one point
1: okay next. they the, the truth is and not, and i'm taking bias off that that reinbacher you know and you can say this co- comparative to other def- drafts with defensemen but in this draft reinbacher was the best defenseman that doesn't mean that i'm not a huge fan of simashev um i I have a Canucks friend who is very very optimistic and hoping that they could get Simashev and they need right handed Um, Simashev is, um, and I know he's not righty, but what I'm saying is Simashev was up there, uh, people didn't see it. Now this guy skates really well and and Matt mentioned it. Now this skates really well. The thing is the points and the creativity aren't necessarily there. Um, And but that's not the point. I think the point here is that the guy is really good defensively. He's a smart player. And and we looked at the. To tell you the truth, there hasn't really been a formula that you could take from a from a playoff or sorry, a a Stanley Cup final or a Stanley Cup winner. You couldn't really I mean, obviously, with Colorado, you could have said, well, you need to have McKinnon. Well, yeah, that's easy, you know, but with Vegas, I think the formula was. You know, not necessarily Don Cherry's, which is Canadian, but um it's big mobile defensemen. And sound. St. Louis
2: was the same way too when St. Louis won it in twenty nineteen. That's true. Another and, very big team. And
1: I think I think that's also the same thing. It's very relatable in terms of what you said about Matt Murray with Aiden Hill. I think think same thing can be said about Jordan Bennington with that team. Um so, yeah, there is a formula, and I think Simashev is is what probably Bill Armstrong was looking at and saying, listen, you know, you guys, we have, like, Martinez and Petrangelo. These guys aren't 50, 60 points. Well, McCarr gets probably more than that, but, you know, they're not these offensive defensemen, but they're they're mobile, they're big, they can move the puck, they defend well, and that's what you need. And it won them a championship. So I think Simashev is huge in that department. I I was huge on him. The thing I think Reinbacher does more is is he's more two-way. He's he's really smart with his stick. He's he's pretty agile and skates well. Uh, but he does put up some numbers. Now we can see. Now this is the thing. I'm not saying this is how they're going to translate. I mean, Sumishev can come in the NHL and all of a sudden start scoring points. And if he gets 30 points and plays like uh, Vlasic on defense, Vlasic, you know, when he was younger, um, that's that's fantastic. And I think that's what I wouldn't say Reinbach to Vlasic, but I think. Um, you know, you want to have that defense is huge because sure, you can have Quinn Hughes, right? But Quinn Hughes will only get you so far if you don't have someone really good at defense as a partner or Lincoln at least. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, there's Chris Tanev in Calgary that moved on from Vancouver, and he was a the probably. Uh, when we had uh, G-Man on for the Vancouver deep dive, uh, Chris Tanov was considerably Quinn Hughes' best partner. Not because, you know, he's an amazing passer, it's because he holds back the other end. So when you guys have, like, someone like Victor Sjordström, whoever you draft in the next three years, especially with all these picks coming up, you know, there's probably another, probably a right-handed offensive defenseman who could fit really well with Simashev. I mean, that's... So I really like this pick. Basically, the end of story for me is I like this pick. A lot of people... Said, what the hell is Arizona doing? But it's not always about picking the. You'll never see people picking. And this is sorry for going on a rant here, but you never see people talking about, oh, this guy's a fantastic franchise guy because he defends so well. Defense is such a huge part of our game, but no one ever talks about it. Everyone drafts for offense and goals. But, and then most of the time, not most of the time, but a lot of times people don't even work out. So what else do they have to their game? Well, you know, maybe Simichev doesn't have to focus on you know his wrist shot or scoring as much as you know obviously maybe other prospects in your pool. But he has to focus on okay, how do I how can I control the the neutral zone? How can I control uh, the boards with my size? All this stuff because that's what you want to focus on. So the way I see that is that's an elite talent, not because he scores you know 20 goals as a defenseman. And I've already gone over my rant with the Norris Trophy. I the huh, I don't even get started on the Norris Trophy. But you need to like. I just see it as okay if this guy can defend really well and do things of the game that we consider so important, which is defense wins you championships. That is the type of player I want, if, especially if you need it. Sorry, <laughs> gone on a rant there. But. So one
3: thing, one thing I did want to touch on though, as far as Simashev's offense goes or the reported lack thereof, I've listened to multiple people now say that Simashev got. No run on the on this team's power play unit because he was used exclusively in a defensive role.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there,
3: he has the skills to put up points. He has the skating. He has a decent pass that we've seen so far. Once he gets those power play minutes, and once he gets that time. To showcase that end of his skills i wouldn't be surprised to see his points take a major leap um but even even if they don't as you said this guy is going to be a lockdown on in your top four somewhere in your top four mm-hmm, yeah but i think you do need to have at least the 30 40 points in order to be that true first pairing guy so Watching his development this year, watching to see if he gets that power play time, and if those points do take that leap, it's going to be one of the things I'm watching the closest this year, but I am really excited to see how this kid develops. He, and
1: oh, Yeah, oh, the, the, I was just going to say, yeah, you know what, the points will come. If the guy plays really well and he develops really well, the points will come nonetheless, especially if he's playing top minutes. Now, Kent Hughes uh, came out and said that they look at Reinbacher uh, as a two- uh, D2. Now I didn't understand what D2 meant until I, you know, asked somebody, and essentially what he's saying is not necessarily on the first power play. Now that doesn't mean that he's not talented to play on the first power play, but Montreal already has someone like Lane Hudson coming up. That's the type of guy you want on the first power play. You don't necessarily you don't want Vlasic on your first power play. He plays fantastic <laughs> defense. Okay, yeah, well, you, you know, and obviously there's an exception of Shea Weber in his prime, but you won't necessarily put Quinn Hughes on the first PK either. So, but that shouldn't. But what, what do you care more of? What do you think people care more of? The PP or the the PK? So that's the thing. There's a bias with offense, and I think it's just as important to, you know, like, and 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 I I agree what you said about maybe him not getting the minutes. The Russia is notorious for for burying uh, young players. And sure, the guy can come th- into Arizona, and all of a sudden he's putting up 40 points because he's always had these these hands. He's needed the the, the power play time i i totally agree but even if then he's just fantastic defensively and he's you know he's putting up Devin taves numbers with two like a kale mccarr i mean Devin taves is a player i consider fantastic and you wouldn't even look at it that way because he's you know behind the shadow of an offensively great player so yeah but that's just my opinion on Simishev. i see what you mean but i think it's a very good pick i think Reinbach is a very good pick um but obviously there was controversy with Mitchkov and yada yada yada. So, I mean you never. One of the
3: I do one want of the
2: comparisons that, that we had is... on our show. Hang on before you get into Michkov. One of the comparisons we had on our <laughs> show for Simashev was um, Tyler Myers, younger Tyler Myers, comes into Buffalo, another guy who's six seven, skates really well, plays really good defense, was a, a Cal, uh, Calder finalist. His first year had something like 48 points or something like that, Um, had 37 his next year. And he never really managed to to hold on to that, to keep that up. But that I think that's what a lot of Coyotes fans are expecting. And I think that's kind of the type of player that Armstrong's expecting that he got that, you know, Mid to high 30s, maybe low 40 type point guy who just plays lights out defense.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Alex, Matt.
3: Yeah, so on the Mishkov thing, look, I was team take Mishkov at all costs before the draft. Me and Matt went round and round on this multiple times, but I can Mm -hmm. tell you the second you hear that, He didn't meet with the Coyotes, but met with the Philadelphia Flyers on three separate occasions. That right there tells you Mishkov was manipulating the draft to go to where he wanted to go. Yeah, He was going to Philly. He was not going here and taking Mishkov as good as he could have been. As much as I was all aboard that pick for for the draft, taking Mishkov, if, if he was really manipulating the draft like that would have been a far far more egregious mistake than yeah I agree taking Simashev. Yeah,
2: no in no a, I agree. in a draft really, this deep not,
3: yeah
2: in a draft this deep you can't you can't take a guy who never comes over
1: Yeah no I I agree I agree you know why you I went think to that goes right. I, he went to he went to Philly because uh, they promised to tear down the Rocky statue and replace it with him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say I never heard heard why, but yeah, I mean, it, it's got to be the same case for for Montreal as well. Um, you know, and I, I would imagine San Jose is probably in that boat, too. Um, you know, it was reported he only met with like two teams or three teams in the top 10 and literally ghosted everybody else. Yeah, he, he as a as a especially yeah, in that everybody circumstance. Everybody
3: was talking about the Capitals with him, and oh, yeah. Yeah, apparently he, he refused to meet with them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. He wouldn't even meet with the team that everybody was mocking him to.
1: I know, I know. It's it's it, it, it. I agree 100%. It's a slippery slope, and I think this is why we relate so much. this is perfect. This is fantastic conversation because we can all relate on. On 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 controversies and and missteps when it comes to the draft, especially how how close we draft together. But yeah, I like that. That's a good point.
0: But still, um, still I have to say I can't end the, the the roster. The sorry, the prospects pool without saying, Cooley and Mishkov or Slavkovsky and and Weinbacher.
1: Okay, this is enough of you. So uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, we'll see. This could be really big. So. The, yeah, but okay. But what you're saying right now is is okay. You got Slavkovsky. The, here's the issue I have. Okay, if Slavkovsky had never played in the NHL last he year, would still or, be
0: super hyped about him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like like sh- let's compare once all these guys make it to the NHL. Now I I see what you mean. Like I like Cooley a lot, but like was it Cooley or was it Shane Wright? And Shane Wright had a bad interview with Montreal. Yeah. They didn't like you know, and Montreal asked some weird questions. You know, like, you know, if you had to kill, like, everyone in the water. I don't know. It's...
2: And he said that. Oh, hang, hang on, guys. If we're going to go with weird questions, I have to ask you guys a question that we ask on our show all the time. Sure. Oh, we
0: got one for you. Don't worry. What, okay. is, go ahead.
2: what is What is? the fiercest animal that you could beat in hand-to-hand combat? Um, probably March. March. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: uh, okay. Yeah.
0: Sure. Um I, I That's have a to good think one. about that. Let's circle back to this one. I'm not sure. Mark um, you that one or
1: um yeah, this has gotta be a, some trick question I, I, or something.
0: I, I, no, I'll say it. A kangaroo That's <laughs> they, a good
1: they, one.
0: They think they're That's so tough. They, they think they're so tough. You know, Fierces? I know we have we have listeners from Australia, you know, I know that for a fact, but still
1: the fiercest animal um
0: forget wolves and and and
1: no i know i'm i'm thinking of of probably a bobcat
0: (laughs) no you can't
1: yeah i can i can you can yeah i can
0: what about you guys what's
2: your usual answer for that (laughs) i'm I'm taking down i'm taking down a crocodile
4: yeah
2: a female wow. crocodile, one of the one of the 200 pound ones, because I'm a little heavier than that. You just jump on its back. I've seen them Damn. with a the roll of electrical tape. You tape the mouth shut, and you're good.
1: That's okay. smart. That's yeah. That would also work yeah. on you,
2: March. That would also yeah.
1: Okay.
3: So I'm being more. I'm being a little bit more realistic with mine, and okay. I've faced down some pretty, pretty mean roosters in the day. My day. I oh. I know I can take those on for sure. <laughs> okay, dude. What about the to...
0: kangaroo? What do you guys, uh, your guys, evaluation of
2: my uh, pick? I mean, I I've seen a video of a dude hit a kangaroo in the face and it takes off. So exactly.
1: Yeah, but they they, they like dude, but yeah, you know what, man? Like they fucking <laughs> do that shit where like they like jump up and they they hold themselves up with their tail and they do like oh, that crotch kick. Oh yeah, with their tail kick. and they
2: kick you. Yeah, dude, exactly. they'll pick yeah. you like See, that's like the.
3: Exactly what I was thinking.
1: Dude, they'll pick like you it. in the nuts and you're done. I like it. I, you gotta I, be. That's, that's my choice. The only reason a bobcat like like recently there's been a guy near me that's like because there's a bunch of cougars in my area. Now I hate saying that because you, wrong, not the
2: what, what not the cougars. cougars
1: you're <laughs> saying. Yeah, not that those type there's of cougars.
2: cougars in
1: yeah, <laughs> you know, the, the <laughs> animal and not the animal in bed, Uh, the animal and um, the guy wrestled with it and like fucking, you know, choked it out or something. And I don't know, I, like I could <laughs> like I would probably grab a stick or something, but it'd be like a battle to the death, like some of these animals you need to. And that's a that's okay. And I think you guys should maybe I wouldn't say work on that question, but like is jumping on a alligator's back and taping it like really defeating it? Of course. Yeah, yeah. but like I was thinking like you know battle to the death, not like hey I'm gonna well, tape once, your mouth. Once, it, it, once it
2: can't once it can't open its mouth, what's it gonna do? Yeah,
1: that's true. It's gonna. I've seen I've
0: seen people in Florida put um, crocodiles. I, we have all seen that TikTok, right? Of people in Florida putting them in in garbage cans
1: yeah 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 i saw I've that one that yeah one. yeah i saw that one all right okay okay um that, that was a good I, I like it
2: sorry sorry for the tangent guys but as you can see this is how our shows always go three and no three i plus i like hours. it
1: i like it we love it because <laughs> uh, it's better than most of the questions we come up with anyways um <laughs> uh, i want to go into history now this is the thing um I'm clueless about the history of the Coyotes. I mean, I don't know about you Danny, but I'm looking at this as a learning moment. Um, um is there anything you guys can touch on in terms of the history of the Coyotes? I mean, to tell you the truth, uh it was like uh, when I started watching hockey, the, the only players I knew were Ryan kessler and Roberto Luongo. Um if you were to ask me about the Coyotes, only thing I knew was Shane Doan. That's it. Uh, so, do you guys have any so basically what I went, what I asked was is there anything you guys can touch on in terms of the history? Of the team? Maybe experiences when you were younger watching Coyotes?
3: So I can tell like, you, I know. It's really go ahead, my Randy. The first game you, I ever went to that hooked me for life as a Coyotes fan it was against the San Jose Sharks. And I remember standing up, chanting, Ricci sucks after Mike Ricci did something dirty. And he joined a couple years later, and young me didn't know how to feel about that. But there's just there's there's just a lot of pain with this. Um, I uh, I'm gonna let Matt go though before I get back into it. Let him finish his thought that I. I
2: I was gonna say there's so much history with Arizona, and the majority of it's not great. Um, Mm. uh, you. There's there's so many different ways to attack the history as well. I mean, they started off in America West Arena, which is now Footprint Center, um sharing an arena with the Suns, and one end I it was never built for hockey. So one end had blind spots because when the ice went in, um it went in above the hardwood and it it brought the playing surface up a little bit and that caused blind spots. If you were sitting in the lower bowl all the way up at the top, um, the overhang of the upper level would actually obstruct part of your view. Oh, Um, okay. Danny, Danny knows all about that in Calgary. (laughs) (laughs) So there were issues like that. They, um, they look for, a potential new location for a stadium, and everybody thought they had one in like southwest Scottsdale, which would have been a great location. Um, the Coyotes had two owners at the time, and there was some discrepancy between the two. They end up out in Glendale. Um, Jerry Moyes moves them out there, and then they go bankrupt five years later. Moyes puts them into bankruptcy. Um, there was actually a, he was trying to sell the team to somebody that was looking to move them to, uh, uh, a suburb of Toronto and the league shot it down and basically bought the team back, said they're not moving them. Um, and then the coyotes have gone through multiple owners and potential owners since. So not a great history. However, I think a lot of fans are finally happy about where they are. Alex Morello's net worth is, you know, $2 billion, as opposed to, you know, Andrew Barraway, who after he bought the team basically couldn't afford to pay players. Um, you know, Wayne Gretzky being here was a cool thing as a coach, a 10% owner, um, but didn't do a lot to improve the team. Um Rick Tockett, who's coaching in Vancouver, coached in Arizona. He was an assistant coach under Wayne Gretzky. And he was banned from hockey for like six years or seven years. Um for like an illegal gambling ring. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know, we know that. about that. Yeah. So there's DraftKings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's there's actually plenty of bad things. To look at in Arizona's history, there's a lot of good too. I mean, uh Mike Gartner scored his 700th career goal playing in Arizona. um As even though it's not a, a good history for the Coyotes, Alex Ovechkin, like the goal, you know, where he's like sliding on his back and two hands it over his head or whatever, you know, that was against the Coyotes that happened in Arizona. That you know, one of the greatest goals of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, the the rival the playoff rivalries when Detroit was a Western Conference team um they that rivalry with Detroit was heated to say the least that was that was big um so there's been good moments um to go along with the bad ones most of yeah. the good moments are on ice um early on for the Coyotes they they were selling out America West Arena Jeremy Ronick was here you know, Keith Kachuk was scoring 50 goals. Teppo Neumannem was here. Um, you know, they they had star power. They were a fun team to watch. So it's kind of been a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the jokes come from, you know, the Coyotes going bankrupt and, and not having stable ownership and everybody talking about, oh, you know, you guys have been rebuilding for this many years. Um, but the fact is, you know, the NHL ran the team, and then Ice Arizona ran the team, and then Barroway ran the team, and now Alex Morello's running the team, and, and you've got four different hands that it's crossed over through you know the last 15 years or 17 years or however long it's been, and with every owner comes a different GM, and with mm-hmm. every new GM comes a different vision of how the team the should stuff, be built. Is it the same though?
0: Same trainers, same, same staff
2: or not for- no, no. So a, a lot of that has changed, um, you know, uh, outside of, yeah. I think Stan Wilson, who's the equipment manager, who's been here for like 20 some odd years. Um, you know, the, all the way up to the president of hockey operations, uh, you know, all the way down to assistant coaches, head coaches, um, you know, on ice trainers, skating coaches that that's changed over and over with every new regime um steve peters who does the phnx podcast um he he was the coyotes video coach up until two years ago and i think he started with the team back in like 98 um him and stan wilson were like the two longest tenured guys but they were about the only two constants in arizona out you know off the ice. Shane Doan, obviously, you know, he was here from 96 to, you know, 2000, what was it 2017? Yeah, I think 2017. And then, you know, he ended up with a front office. Now he's in Toronto, which, you know, I, I got bad feelings about that. I had mixed feelings yeah. about that. I want him to be successful in his role, but man, do I want Toronto to fail?
0: Uh, they will. Don't worry. It's,
3: it's all in motion already with
0: real Living. So. Alex?
3: Another, another point I wanted to make about the off-ice staff, too, is something that not a lot of people realize outside of Arizona, especially when it comes to the team hasn't been great at drafting through most of its existence. It really hasn't. But that's because until Morello took over the team, we at one point had a complete staff of six total scouts, We had one part-time scout covering one part of Europe, and that was it for that entire continent. Wow, Um, working overtime. Morello, yeah, Morello juiced up the scouting staff. He added, I mean, we've added a ton to it. We've made some really terrific hires with Plandowski, and Jankowski. Um, We've made strides in that area and i think you're starting to see that with the way we redraft um it's just this t te- it's been a roller coaster of off-ice stuff and mm-hmm. the on-ice product just hasn't had the chance to get to the stage where it can be a competitive a consistently competitive team our one little stretch of competitiveness we had was a bunch of veterans that felt like it was duct taped together on a shoestring budget and it led to some great fun years but that was never going to be that was never going to stay um another thing that i think a lot of people don't realize on the outside looking at this team is the coyotes have been bad and in the lottery for most of their existence yet have never won never moved up in the lottery We've only moved down, it, and
0: lost um, one pick. And lost one pick.
3: Yeah. And lost one away. pick. And fuck, yeah. <laughs> John Cheika, if you're listening.
1: Yeah, yeah, Jake <laughs> che- I was gonna
0: mention
3: yeah, Cheika earlier,
1: have, but that's forbidden. Oh,
3: we have uh, <laughs> some very, yeah, very strong feelings about that guy. It,
0: He's like the Ducharme not, of, uh, of that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: It's. There's, yeah, there's some very, very bitter feelings towards him because he put this team back years. But Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, there's just been no consistency. There's been nothing like that. This is the first stretch of consistency the team has had in 15 years. So it's nice to see. It's nice to see a plan that was put in motion being followed through. It's not something we've had. So just... But going back to the history, it's just, yeah, it's mm, yeah. a lot of pain with a few bright spots. I think just about every Coyotes fan out there can relive the experience of that 2012 Western Conference Finals run because that's that's really it. Um that was that was such a great year. That was such a fun year. And I can't wait till this team is doing that consistently here in the future.
0: Yeah, that's too as well. Um Matt, you, you mentioned like that um that LA at some point were a lot rivalry and you enjoyed your games with San Jose. Like would you say that the new number one rival for the for this team is is uh is the Golden Knights at this point? Or or you I guess know, you Alex if you want to take this on afterwards.
2: It's kind of a weird thing here because most rivalries are are built through division play. Like you have to play multiple games a year you know, to build up these rivalries and yeah. the coyotes being in the central now really hampers that. Um I you hope at some point maybe the NHL decides to realign, but geographically, yeah, it's it's a great spot for a rival. Um, you know, the drive from Phoenix to Vegas is about four Three. and a half hours. Three um, if you get a speeding
0: ticket. But
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Three if you get a speeding ticket, yeah. Um It's it's about four and a half hours. It's a 45 minute to an hour flight. I mean, you can and it's Vegas. You go, you gamble, you stay, have a good time, go catch a hockey game, Um, you know, and there's there's plenty of people that come to Arizona from Nevada. Um, Surprisingly, it's actually cooler here even though it's hot as shit in the desert, it's cooler here than it is in in Vegas. Mm. Um, But yeah, I mean, we get... As far as a geographical rival, they're probably the best. Um, Moving into the Central, it's kind of a weird situation because Colorado might actually be our our closest geographical team. And, you know, Denver's a 12-hour drive from here. Um, You know, Nashville... I don't even know who would try and make that drive. That's that's a five-hour flight out of Arizona. So yeah, I mean, Vegas makes a lot of sense. Minnesota's a
3: 24-hour
0: drive. (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
2: pick me up, Alex,
0: when when you're going. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Like we're we're in the same division as Winnipeg. I mean, that doesn't that there's no nothing about it that makes a lot of sense. Um, my hope is that we do see some expansion soon, you know, two more teams. Yeah, Salt Lake uh, maybe City is Yeah, Salt, yeah, Salt, Salt Lake City, 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 Houston, Kansas City. And yeah. not that they're in super close proximity, but if you get to to 36 teams, um, you know, you might see the NHL go back to three divisions of six. You know, now you got 18 teams out east, 18 teams out west. Um, you know, three divisions, six teams in each division. You know, we could see all three California teams, Salt Lake City, Vegas, and Arizona, all in one division. And, you know, maybe that makes for some better rivalry. But right now, it's just uh, we had a bitter rivalry going with the Kings for a little while. And, you know, now you play three times a year and that's it.
4: Mm -hmm. And, you
2: know, if you're going to play them in the playoffs, you basically have to meet them in the, the conference finals. You know, it, it's just not really there. There's no substance available to that anymore. I yeah, see. I think. No. It, I, oh, go
3: ahead, Alex. Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Uh, I was just gonna say, I think
1: that rivalries, aside from just the amount of games you play, I mean, we still Montreal still faces Boston um, as many times in the year just because they're in the same division, but the rivalry just isn't there anymore, um, and has everything to do with 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 the with where teams are in this yeah performance where teams are in the standings i mean one shows at the bottom boston was at the top how the heck do you have a rivalry um so sure. when it comes to like the coyotes the kings i think we'll get into it in a second but when it comes to the central division and then completely forgot that they made that switch recently um because the coyotes used to be in the pacific division and for some time i would have considered that to be easier but the pacific division slowly on its way up i mean obviously with we'll see where the canucks are at um but you know you have vegas and seattle's doing okay or fairly well and but in the central division obviously there's some teams that you might consider kind of on its way down i mean obviously with winnipeg and st louis uh, so we'll see i mean um It depends. I I just think when it comes to rivalries, you'll see you'll you'll see them start to develop, especially with teams kind of shifting around. You mentioned thirty-six teams. I I can't imagine Montreal is never going to win the cup again. Well, (laughs) we're we're never going to see a cup. I mean, and all these all these expansions are in the United States, and that's fine. I mean, I, I I will praise development of hockey, especially in the Sunshine Belt because it just it, it it belongs there especially with well it depends on where okay like we'll talk about you know how tampa bay fans are sitting outside in golf you know in in, in beach chairs um but for the most part you know you go to dallas and stuff a lot of these games and you talk about molded Molde arena a lot of these games are so high high capacity and just the the passions there i mean i will point out for everyone and i think it speaks fairly well Um, to probably the atmosphere at Mullet Arena. Um, Arizona's home record was 21-15-9. and Uh, Their away record was not so good. Uh, Seven wins and 25 losses and nine overtime losses. So, you know, if they had played just as well as they did at home, uh, they would have probably made the playoffs. So um, I guess that just speaks to how much they really like playing at Mullet and a lot of people make fun of it but it seems like they've got something going there even if I'd it's like just yeah i know i would actually really like to go too but it seems like it's i wouldn't say it's super pricey i mean i'm i'm used to rogers arena prices here but still um that you know got to save a couple bucks anyways um going into so, season uh, oh yeah subject- sorry alex go ahead yeah alex go ahead
3: oh, on the subject of rivalries you brought up Teams on similar paths, and it is really unfortunate, Central, because we've had some incredibly heated and physical and violent games against the we these last this last year. And only playing against them three times a year, you're not going to be able to develop that into a rivalry. But we're on the same path. We're on the same line, we're on the same, there's a lot of similarities between the two teams and where we're at and where we're going and what we're trying to do. So we have a very natural rival there that we're really never going to get the chance to, because again, we're not in the Pacific anymore. And all these teams we have history with, we play three times a year now. So the Knights, it's it's tough to maintain that rival. Yeah, we play three times a year. And in the, in the Central, it's just... I look at the Central, and I just don't see that team we're on a similar timeline with that we're going to naturally become rivals with right now either. So... It's going yeah. to be an interesting couple of years to see where, where these rivalries develop and what takes place.
2: It's Maybe it'll be Montreal. I really hate
3: the fact that we're in the same.
2: <laughs> Maybe it'll be Montreal. I mean, <laughs> two games isn't that few, that much fewer than three. We're kind of on the same trajectory. Everybody talks about, you know, who won between Cooley and Slavkovsky. There's the Katanyemi-Hayton thing. I mean, we're we're so intertwined in so many different office mm-hmm, yeah. ways, yep. you know, maybe, maybe if we both end up on the same trajectory, you know, coming soon and, and they're being built two very different ways because Montreal keeps taking the, you know, with the exception of Slavkovsky, they've taken a lot of the smaller speed guys, the skill guys and Arizona's going big. So two very different methods, way. but yeah, two very different methods, but this this could be very fun to watch develop and play out. I, I like it.
1: I'm going to, um, I totally disagree, Danny, but anyways, you can't <laughs> slide that one by me. You can't slide that one by me.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm going to do a. <laughs> let's do did
1: a did you hear him? He was whispering it. <laughs> you, also, you also have the fact that. The, you
3: also have that Toronto hasn't beat us, uh, what is it, at home in five years oh this? yeah hey hey so maybe we're gonna be rivals of toronto
2: because we we swept the season series the last two years against toronto and they haven't beat yeah. us at home yeah. in like yeah. nine years yeah because, because matthews
0: doesn't true. even put on his skates he does. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah matthews wants to see arizona beat toronto he's trying to send exactly. a subliminal message exactly <laughs> Um, guys, let's
0: go, um, really, really quickly here. We're almost at the end here, but let's, uh, let's talk about the, uh, well, I mean, you guys kind of mentioned a little bit, but your predictions for the next season, um, you guys mentioned this m- multiple times on your podcast, but, um, you guys want to tell us what,
2: where you think this is going, uh, Matt. So I mentioned earlier in this show, that ter- a, uh, Ottawa type season would probably be a real good year for us. Um, no longer being, uh, you know, in the running for a top five pick, Um, but just being competitive still at the trade deadline. I think that's kind of the direction they're going this season. There's still too many guys who are a little too young and have a a little ways to go in their development. Um, Outside of what Dumba, Stetcher, and and Brown – um, everybody else on the decor is twenty-three years of age or younger. Yeah. Um, and Brown is probably gonna be the seventh defenseman. So, you know, Soderstrom, Mosier, Valamaki, Dersey, you know, four of your top six are are guys who generally should just be coming into the NHL at this age. So I think I think it's gonna take a year or two for that defense to to shore themselves up. Um, you know, expectations are way high for Logan Cooley, but the reality is he's 19. You know, he might be a 60 or 70 point guy, but I'm not holding expectations on that. I'm not expecting he's going to drag this team to the playoffs in year one. Um, I think I'll be very patient be... with him.
0: He's 19. You're right about that. I will. Uh, just like uh, the Habs fan base are impatient with that, like <laughs> so <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, no, I I do think it's gonna be a fun team to watch because I think these de- defensively and goaltending they're gonna be a little suspect this year. Um, but with the addition of Jason Zucker, uh, with Logan Cooley coming in, Clayton Keller's got like a hundred and I think it's like 131 points in his last 132 games. Mm -hmm. Um, Nick Schmaltz has been a point per game player over the last two years. Uh, Matias Michelli only took 76 shots last year, or I'm sorry, 56 shots last year Um, and played in like 54 games or something like that. Scored 11 goals. I mean, his shooting percentage was ridiculous. I think he's going to shoot more. Um, but he's got another gear. You have to imagine he's going to develop a little more. Um, Barrett Hayton played unbelievably well for half the season. If he plays well for a full season, we could see a lot of Coyotes games with final scores of like six to five and five to four. It could be a very, very fun team to watch, but Mm -hmm. I, I don't expect them to be a playoff team. What about you March playoff teams or not? Uh no
0: a a.
1: um no no I think uh, but I think they'll they'll improve on the record I see them finishing around I would say 500 but uh, maybe like a 493 or something um so like uh they'll get maybe 36 wins they got 28 wins this year so if they'll bring the the losses down don't forget they had a lot of overtime losses um okay yeah I could I I could see I'm gonna put a hot take here and say I think Winnipeg falls below. Them.
2: Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, I I think Nashville does too. I think Nashville, Winnipeg and Chicago could all fall below them. Um, But finishing, you know, fourth or fifth in the division, in a weak division, I think the Pacific's going to be better. You're still not a wild card team.
1: Only only thing about Nashville is, I mean, the other reason I said Winnipeg is because they're looking to probably move on from Hellebuck. Um, opposite from what Nashville's doing. It, it, it seems like Barry Tross is trying to take them in a different direction. Um, they still got UC Saros. They still got Roman Yossi. So they got a really good goalie, a really good top defenseman. Um, they did get Ryan O'Reilly. So I do see them staying above Arizona, but I see what you mean. Though I do, I will predict that Winnipeg falls below and St. Louis is kind of wild card. I don't know where they'll be, but uh, we'll see. But I don't think Arizona is, is as bad as last season.
0: What about you, Alex? Playoffs, yay or nay?
3: No, we're not going to make the playoffs. This team is, Matt's at the best. It's too young, and man, I feel bad for Vamelka and Ingram because they aren't going to be in for some hmm. work a They lot. better uh, start stretching last season. Okay. <laughs> but the big thing is, and the important thing for Coyotes fans to look at is we're going to be what I think you're going to see this year is you're going to see us be a lot more con- consistent. You brought up the home and away splits, and I think the home wins might come down a bit because first-year arenas, you do tend to actually see a little bit of a bump up in home wins, but I mm-hmm. think those away wins, that away record gets a lot better. Um, mm, okay. So I just, I think you're going to see a lot more consistency on the team. I think you're going to see a lot more, a lot of signs of growth, and overall I see us finishing right around that 10th worst team in the league, the 10th pick personally, maybe a little bit of a push more towards it, but um, as in the division, yeah, I think two of the three of Winnipeg, Nashville and Chicago finishes below us. Um, we'll see, but yeah. this will be a fun team to watch. It will be a team that, when you have Game Pass, it and you're not your team isn't playing, turn them on because you're going to see a show.
0: Good. Noted. That's,
1: yeah, that's pretty good.
0: Okay. Uh, finishing off with a kind of a fun one here. Um, jerseys. What do you guys think about them? How, where do you rank them? Obviously, you might be a little bit biased, and I'm, I'm sure you have your own jerseys. But um, where do you rank your uh, your team's jersey in the league? Or logos or colors. Oh so,
2: that's tough. So when when the kachina first came back, the first year of it, A-China. it was kind of what like, <laughs> maybe in Canada. Maybe in Canada, but it's a kachina here. Okay,
4: okay.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah, he was just
2: stunned. <laughs> um yeah, no. When when they first brought it back that first year, um, I had it ranked pretty high. But you know, there's a nostalgia that comes with that. You know that that's what I grew up with. Um, I I actually think their reverse retros, the the purple Amazing. one was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. phenomenal. Um, and, uh, my favorite I, favorite. The uh, the Arizona Knights one that they've worn this year a couple times the red one with the white lettering um i like it i i think it's it, it grew on me i i didn't like it when they announced it but on the ice it looks phenomenal um I, it's really hard to to rank the kachina as a top one for me anymore just because you know it it was cool from a nostalgia standpoint um the logo's great but I, I think what Once they've done with the needs redone. yeah 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 I think what they've done with like the Arizona Knights jersey and the reverse retro jerseys they did a phenomenal job with those I I got those up real high but um you know maybe maybe the eighth to tenth best jersey on their Matt? on their kachinas.
3: what about you Alex so I'm actually a little surprised because I agree with Matt on this um. <laughs> <laughs> i i love the arizona nice jersey and i hated it when it first got announced but watching it on the ice it is it is really a nice jersey um to the point where that is my next jersey purchase i am making um mm.
0: do you guys like, do you wear here wear uh, like a coyotes gear in minnesota
3: yeah i wear uh yeah i do wear coyotes gear almost uh, pretty consistently in minnesota so, um, But I also I own a lot of jerseys, so I wear a lot of teams, including the Cole Caulfield one, just saying.
1: Oh, wow.
3: Um, <laughs> wow.
1: Well, but
3: uh, for the Kachina, I've always thought that the Kachina should be the jersey we wear, but when we get our new arena, when that opens up that year, we should announce a new jersey, a fresh start, a new chapter in Arizona. And they've done such great work with our uh, alternate jerseys in the last couple of years that I have complete faith that they would do something great. Yeah. Um. So I am really hoping we see a rebrand when we open the new arena here in Arizona.
0: Interesting. What about you,
3: Mark? As far as as far as uh, rankings, I'd probably have to say around 12th, maybe 14th in the league. 12th to 14th.
0: Okay.
1: Um yeah, the the first reverse retro, the purple one, that was just uh, so gorgeous. I mean, uh, that's definitely my favorite jersey or my favorite reverse retro. Um the the newest reverse retro, obviously same theme, but different colors looks good i like it too um these desert night ones i think this is um these are definitely taking simplicity and doing it right i i they they do look really nice i i to tell you the truth i couldn't care could care less about the old uh, coyotes jerseys i beyond maybe you guys don't look at it the same way but i personally didn't mind the old coyotes logo the the Kachina um is uh (laughs) is uh pretty it's 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 a good logo for sure but i don't mind i didn't mind the old one but it definitely works better for for their jerseys right now i i do like them a lot um i'd probably put them i definitely put them top 10 for me i don't know where in the top 10 um but like if you were to say hey they're going full-time with those first reverse retros top two instantly but
3: uh Those purple reverse retros were just amazing. They, that uh, was just a top-tier jersey.
2: Oh, I just... You know, the, the best one they ever had was the green one that the reverse retro is based on. I they only wore like... it for one season in, like, 2003 or 2002. But that's my favorite Coyotes jersey of all time. Oh, right? I see that this one, yeah. It's retro, but it's, but it's green. And yeah, I that see that. that was the yeah. basis for it.
1: Yeah, that actually,
3: river, oh.
1: that actually looks pretty sick. green one. That actually
3: looks sick. So I, I share like the purple more though.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I do too. Yeah.
0: So I I kind of share the same things. Uh, I actually see them as a as a top tier, uh, in the league. Um, what I would say is also I'm I'm a huge fan of when a when a team successfully does like a complete setup. What I mean by that is like the road runners, they go well with the Kashinas and and they, like you know that whole thing works. The golden knights they had like the silver the silver knights in the ahl um you can argue the rocket with with the habs kind of makes sense but not really whatever but you know the marlies with with the leaves and stuff like i understand those and i'm a huge fan of when something like that happens even san jose like even san jose they have the barracudas so i like when something like that jives you know when they have some some sort of a a theme going on so you you add in like a a new arena you you give them an entertainment district um a, a whole new team Seems like a good GM. Seems like a good uh, um, uh, owner from what, what you guys described it. And since in this episode you add in with all these colors, like it's it's amazing. Like I'm I'm a fan of of this organization. Not to say that I I'm, a, I'm a Arizona fan here, but I'm just gonna say that uh, I'm I'm a fan of of. There's a lot of other fans. A lot, sorry, a lot of other organizations that I um, I would take uh, after the Coyotes. Um, I did have one last game, March, and for those that are listening, I promise you that I did not set this up in advance with March, so we, uh, I'm going to play this game with you and our guests as well. Here we um, go. What is the game called? Is it, is it called Charades? Anyways, I, I just wanted to, to imagine if I'm a blind person. Can you describe to me what the casino looks like, the, the logo? Um, you guys can take turns, I don't care. As long uh, as you give me like a... Of what you think it,
3: it is. is
0: it's uh i i don't describe it to me
3: like i don't know i've never
0: seen it I'm it's online.
1: a 2d uh, it looks like you know if i you told me hey listen make a 2d dog and uh,
2: color it with your eyes closed so but first but first you have to take shrooms <laughs> 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 That's exactly the that's a I good was
3: one. Ask, do you guys know what is. Okay. Anything um, else? Me and my family actually used to call those green jerseys the peyote green jerseys because uh, it looked like somebody took it before they made it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyone else want to take a guess? I can't take any more guesses.
3: Uh,
2: so.
0: I well, mean, it's not a guess. I just wanted to describe it like the best way you can to a blind
2: person. Okay. So, well. See, to a blind person, that's hard because how do you know what they've seen in their life? Well, Let's just say again. I've
0: been blind for five years. Don't worry, it's okay.
4: All right. Okay, so you
2: basically yeah. take a bunch of different color Legos yep. and you make a dog that stands on its back legs and holds a hockey stick.
0: <laughs> I like it. And yeah, he's holding that's... a hockey stick. Good, perfect, perfect. I like it. Well, I got what I wanted from you both, from you three, actually. Uh, I recently had, well, I've been watching hockey, you know, for at least 25 years. And I, it's only been recent, like in the last three, four years, that I realized
2: what the uh, what the Minnesota Wild logo is about. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh,
0: you guys know what I'm talking about? Do you guys know Yeah, it's yes. a bear?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, it's actually okay. a bear, but it looked, nobody realized that. Yeah, so I had this it's, moment, it's... like maybe 20 years into my fandom
0: of hockey. And recently, in preparation, this guy's kind of like before we started talking, Matt uh, and me, um, before even then, like I was watching something and one guy got a tattoo of a kashina on, on his uh, on his uh, leg and uh, he posted that on, on TikTok. And I was I was looking, I was watching that. But like the, the way that TikTok goes, like you don't know what you're seeing until you realize what the video is about. Right. So in that mm-hmm. specific moment, I had a Minnesota wild moment with the kashina. And I would like to share it with you. Okay. Okay. Take a look at take a look at the logo. You see where the guy is, where the dog is with, with the hockey stick. You think he's fa- he's looking at his left, or at the left, right? Yeah. What if I tell you it's a dog t- taking a look straight at you with half his face? Oh, look at that! You. Oh, look at that! Yeah, you're right. And it, and oh my God, he's at... got a mask. Yeah, he's yeah. got a mask, but he's also winking winking at you.
1: Oh, dude. Which, what I'm seeing right now is, like, the, like, the, with, like, the round eye. Yeah. Like, he's looking sideways, and he's yes. got, like, a mask on, not, like, on the, the on, not on the side of half his face, but, like. Yes, exactly. But, like, but he's got it on the front of his face. Exactly. Ah, oh, I don't know if you guys
2: see that, but. It's like an Iron Man thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I see it, but. I don't think that's what it's supposed to be. Well, I, I just <laughs> for the
0: longest time, for the longest that's time, that's how you I saw it. it was, that's how I saw it up until recently, where I, I noticed that it's a, it's like a wolf or a dog or something looking at you, and that nose, the black, the black triangle, that's his nose, that's looking straight at you.
1: You know what? Like I can totally, I can totally. No, I'm just like, I'm literally like two inches from my screen, like staring at this thing. I, I can see where you're seeing that because of the way like it, it's facing sideways. I mean, I've yeah. always seen it the way that these guys have seen it. So, hey, guys, yeah. you know, wink, wink. I, uh, you know, I'm not on shrooms, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I've always, uh, I've,
0: that's his ears, like the green are there his ears and he's looking
1: to the left. That's true, because or, the mask has two ears. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. yeah.
0: Or actually, it's a dog yeah. looking at you straight up with with like a winking guy.
1: Yeah, you know what? I, I saw it that way. The latter but the first way you mentioned it i can kind of see that yeah uh, that's cool you know so, i've never I, i'm also very interested in like the meaning of jerseys and there's our meaning of logos there's so many logos i mean like the bruins with their lines um i mean some of them represent i mean there's some logos in the league that represent like stanley cups i think yeah. the island there's an islanders logo i think the islanders logo has a representation of that um yeah. So you guys, so
0: uh, so you guys have heard this before, I guess. It's, this is not news to you, Matt and Alex.
3: No, no, I, it's, it's it's yeah, it's not no, really there, news, there's though.
2: yeah, no, there's been people that have described it both. Oh, okay. I that, this for me, this was a complete,
0: this was a completely uh, new thing. So for the last twenty years, I've, I've been I've been picturing the logo looking to his left. Uh, up until recently, where I la- realize okay. he's, he's looking at you straight up.
1: I can see, like, totally. I can see what you mean because I'm looking yeah. at it, and I can kind of see it both I, ways. Yeah,
3: yeah, I can see what you mean too. Okay, like, like, it helps. It helps when you're a fan of this team. For like,
1: yeah, yeah, you guys years. got off yeah. easy. You guys got off yeah, easy exactly. here. <laughs> 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 okay, good.
0: Um, I'm happy. Uh, that's about it for me. Uh. March, do you have anything else? Uh, well, I guess we always do this with all our all our. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Let's do that. Um, you guys mind telling us what's your Rushmore, um, of NHL players, Mount Rushmore
1: yeah, of Mount. it? Yeah, Mount Rushmore of NHL players, so your top four players, mm-hmm. whether they're your favorites or your top players ever, or you know whether it's just the Coyotes or whatever you want to do. Um, we usually do this with all our guests uh, to finish things off. Uh, Alex or Matt, whoever wants to go first. So it's an interesting thing to think about. I guess I can just mention, Danny, you want to mention yours? So, if I remember them, I got we practice. Actually,
3: we, we do the same thing on our podcast. So that's kind of funny.
1: Uh, so you guys copied us. Well, we'll be uh, you'll be you'll be uh, c- contacted by our lawyers soon. Okay. Uh,
3: technically, I think you can check the date on our first one we ever asked, and that goes back like two uh, uh, and a half years. So. I, have to dis- I
0: have to disagree. How do how do I lawsuits disagree going across
2: international borders work?
0: Who's like, an interesting one let uh, who's the who's the lawyer in in the, in the desert? Is it uh, Saul Goodman?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to call Saul Goodman uh-huh, you guys yep. Um, whoever, whoever wants to go first Top uh your Mount Rushmore of NHL players All time, so, current, whatever
3: I'm, I'm just going to go with My personal favorite players of all time Okay, so, sure uh, Across across the NHL I'm going to have Yarmir Yager on Because just how can you not love Yager
4: Mm-hmm
3: I'm gonna have Shane Doan on there because Captain Coyote. I mean, you gotta if you're a Coyotes fan, he's on your Mount Rushmore. It's just mm-hmm. there's yeah. nobody that me, there's nobody that's meant more to the Coyotes out there.
1: Yeah, than him.
3: This then it gets starts getting tricky.
1: I mean, I will I um, will I will contest that Shea Weber's done a lot for the Coyotes
3: too. <laughs> oh yeah. Definitely.
1: As, hey, as,
2: hey as, so as, so has Christian Novorak. <laughs> oh my God,
3: you guys gotta take him back! Like whatever. Yeah, you guys.
1: You guys can have him back. <laughs> we're,
3: we're good. You can you can keep him. <laughs> um. Uh, after that, Keith Kachuk is probably on there. He's the first player I really loved. As a kid. That's interesting. Okay. Um. And this is going to be a controversial one, but can't I'm be worse than I'm gonna put I, I'm gonna put Matthews on there. Give me wow. my Arizona boy. Give me 34. Very nice, Matt.
2: Uh, I'm gonna start with Dominic Hashik, even though he's gone a little crazy in his post-playing days. Yeah, um, I, uh,
1: I, 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 He replied to me.
2: <laughs> I was like, "Why are you picking on a kid, man?" And he's like, "Hey,
1: I'm not." Shut up. And I was like, oh, okay, dude, I I didn't give a shit what he said. I was like, oh, my God, Dominic Hoshik replied.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So so when I first started playing hockey, I played goalie and uh, Hoshik was my favorite goalie back when he was with Buffalo. Um, So it it starts there. I mean, just I don't want to say he's what got me into hockey because he's not. But, um, you know, he was the player I most wanted to be like when I was, you know, eight years old or whatever. So I'm going to start with Hasik. Um Nick Lidstrom, um, favorite defenseman of all time. Um, I just did everything so well, like so mm-hmm. much fun to watch as much as I hated Detroit. Like I can't stand Detroit, but it's, it's like, you know, it's like you guys, I'm sure you hate Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid, but you still, there's still a respect for how good they are as players,
0: yeah. I'm I a don't. player's first kind of guy, I don't care, like, yeah. I, I'm not a huge fan of both, actually, but
2: yeah, no. But i you to a degree, you still respect what they can do in the game, of course, yeah, you know. So, yeah, Nick Lidstrom, um, I think he's I everybody talks about Bobby Orr being the greatest defenseman. I, to me, Lindstrom played twice as many games. He's got the Stanley Cups. Uh, played a physical game, a defensive game, uh, an offensive game. Like he, he was the whole package, his entire career. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if you guys follow analytics or not. Um, the J. Fresh card specifically. Mm-hmm. He, he put up Nick Lindstrom's like age 39 season, and he was still in like the 97th percentile. Damn. At thirty-nine years old. Like that's unreal. Um, so Hashik Lindstrom, um man, the next one probably Mario Lemieux. Um I oh. think it's I and I'm not a Pittsburgh fan. I, I can't even say like you know anything about Lemieux really stands out to me about his game but overcoming cancer and coming back to playing after taking so much time off and still playing at such an elite level. Um, You know, that to me, that's, there's nothing better for the game, but there's, I can't say I can think of another player off the top of my head who overcame, you know, something like that and still came back and was still as good. And and that's no disrespect to a guy like Brian Boyle, um, you know, who, you know, basically did the same thing. Phil Kessel had cancer when he was younger, Um, you know, beat cancer, came back, had a great career, but um, you know, none did it the way Mario did it. Um, And especially in the era that he played in, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, where it wasn't geared for, you know, it was the clutch and grab, you know, there, there was a lot of that going on and, and to come back and, you know, he basically saved the penguins franchise. So,
0: yeah. Yeah,
2: I, I would have to put him on there. Um, did you
0: have Yager, by the way?
2: I did not. Uh, Alex. Okay. Alex. Alex. Yeah.
0: okay. Uh, the reason uh, why I said that, is because Spin Checklist did it in an interview with Yager, and he had a funny story about Mario Lemieux, why he came back. I'm not going to spoil it for you if you don't know that, what the story is,
2: but yeah. I'll have to listen. Yeah. I, I it's a good it one. Yet. It's a good interview. Yeah. Um, My last one... I mean, I I want to go Coyotes here, but I I think there's been more influential JJ Moser. People. JJ Moser. Yeah, <laughs> JJ Moser. Um, but I I do think there's been more influential people in the game. I'm I'm not gonna go with a player here. I'm gonna go with an image because if we're gonna carve something into a mountain, yeah. I want Darren McCarty punching Claude Lemieux in the face on that mountain. <laughs> the turtle yes. That's a wow. Okay. So three, you're three players in one moment on my Mount Rushmore.
1: that's okay. I, I like the way you took that. That's good. Carving, good. carving a moment in the the mountain. We're gonna we're gonna update our question. Well, not update yeah, it entirely, but that's a good you one. You
2: don't even have to like. You could show somebody that picture, and that game instantly pops into your head, like everything from that game.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't yeah.
2: just that. I mean, Patrick Waugh flying into Brendan Shanahan, like that mid-air collision, um, yeah. you know, when that melee started. Um, it, just everything about that game comes into your head just from that image.
0: Interesting. Yeah, for me, it was um, Ginla Jagr, Ovechkin, and Patrick Waugh, So.
1: I've I'm completely gonna... changed mine. I've, I've, I've totally updated it just
0: now. I did. You're hey, not.
1: I can. <laughs> Okay, it's, it's I can. It's, no, already it's not been over.
0: recorded. It's, it's uh, We
1: can delete that. Uh, we can delete that episode. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um
1: no, because I was just trying to because I haven't I've been trying to think of mine this whole time what I've said on the previous podcast. So I I will admit that um I've taken two players off of mine and replaced them with two other ones. Um this will probably change. Um I did have Victor Hedman on there. Um I took Victor Hedman off because uh, I have uh, the way I'm looking at this is players that that mean something to me as a hockey fan, not necessarily as just a Montreal fan. Um, so I have Carey Price, Sidney Crosby. Um, I put Hashik on there and I've filled it up with uh, uh, Jean Belleville. And I wanted to put Hoshik because I have two goalies on my thing because I love goaltending. I love the position. The only reason I started watching hockey is because of Carey Price. Um, but, like, I consider Hoshik the best goalie of all time. Sorry to Patrick Wah. Um, And and don't get me started with Mark Broder. Don't get me started. <laughs> that guy doesn't he's make the top ten. Um, yeah, Jean you know, Bele-
2: <laughs> it, it's kind of hard to put that guy so high. I, I get he's got all the wins. But if you only face thirteen shots a night because you play behind <laughs> one of the best defenses yeah, in hockey exactly. history, exactly. I don't think you've earned it. Exactly. exactly. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> Just to say say it louder.
3: I'm for the... I'm booking so Haynes, our uh another member of our another old member of the podcast is a big Marty berdour fan, and I me and him have had this exact debate. I can't even tell you how many times. So I am clipping this moment, and I am sending it to him. Okay, good, good. Yeah, hey, yes. make sure he knows he's
2: make sure he knows that he can't come on the show until he changes his mind. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name?
1: Haynes, Haynes Evans. Evans. Haynes Evans. Okay, hey, you Haynes. cannot come on. The coast to coast, the hot coast to coast, or, hockey podcast. or the
2: Chirping Yotes podcast. You're banned, or the from Chirping Long Yotes Long. podcast
1: until you admit that Martin Broder is a fraud and doesn't belong in the top 10. <laughs> Not even top three. Interesting, anyways. Yeah, that's it for me. Danny, a, you want to close us off great, here?
0: Ah, uh, this is a great way to end it. Uh, I love uh, picking on uh, some strangers, so this the best <laughs> way to do it. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> um
2: great. you
0: guys are more than welcome Uh-oh. to come back we, i know we tell this this generic crap to everybody but so honestly this has been fun you guys are so knowledgeable and interesting so um you guys are more than welcome uh we might wanna well we might we're planning to at least have a, an episode where we're gonna do our season predictions um like i kind of share my screen and i you know with a whole bunch of guys we did it last year we had a lot of fun with it um, I'm not the smartest when it comes to predicting stuff. So last year, just to give you an idea, I predicted Boston to tank and get Bedard and they ended up having a record season. So, um,
2: <laughs> yeah, so, there so was, yeah, there was definitely no bias being a Montreal fan there at all. No,
0: <laughs> but, um, but you know, it's a fun one because it's not only predictions like for, for your own team and, and the Habs and whatnot, but it's also, you know, we can change the scope a little bit, March. but uh, last year we did it purely for the Habs and the league. But, um, you know, we had like the Vezina and the Jack Adams and, and all of these things. So it, this was a lot of fun. We would love to have you guys on uh, at some point if if we make that happen, if it fits your time. Um, also wanted to give uh, congratulations and a, and, a thank, and a special thank you for Matt as well, especially you're expecting a new child. Um, is it your first or is it? Uh... It's our first. Yep. Uh, con- many congrats, C- my friend. Congrats.
2: Um, yep. Got a boy and, on uh, the
0: way. Another month to go. There you go so excellent um yeah thank you so much for both of you for yeah. for making the show and uh, march over to you to end this off.
1: yeah thanks a lot guys for coming on i really appreciate you guys hopping on it's been a it's been a lengthy one but you know what it's felt like a it felt like a minute and it's been so fun talking with you guys and our first international episode Um, We're still staying in North America. We'll be talking to the Kunlon Red Star in China soon. (laughs) Um, But aside from that, you guys, just before we close it off, you guys want to just drop your social handles and where you can find your podcast?
0: Yeah, Yeah, so so it's
2: um, MattMM88 and uh, Grandy. Grandy runs our account for the Chirpin Yields podcast, and he's got his own as well.
3: Yep, it is at Chirpin C H I R P I N, no G on the end, Trippin's pod, and then my socials at Alex Grandy, G R A N D Y, 0991. And you can find our podcast on uh, Spotify, iTunes, and on the Inside the Rink um youtube page and you can also find articles i write mainly about the coyotes but i also do some draft coverage and some breaking news coverage for them um yep. you can find my stuff there at Inside the rink as well uh we have yeah definitely and same goes to you gentlemen as well you're welcome on the trip and you podcast at any time oh yeah
2: that'd be yeah, exciting that'd be so fun on. Yeah, hey, and when you guys when you guys do your Toronto episode if you want some help talking shit to whoever your guest is please let me yes.
0: know. Yes. Oh, you're on. You're you're, you're on. Oh, okay, I'm Danny,
1: happy. hey, hey, listen. Let's <laughs> relax here. We we're, were we're 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 supposed to be diplomatic. <laughs> I
3: get Tyler
1: for that. Uh, uh message a
0: fellow fan and say, "Hey, uh, we love your team. You want to come on?"
1: Uh, by the way <laughs> there's
0: gonna be a match with us
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's, and it's just gonna be a, a beatdown. <laughs> it's gonna be a, a yeah hostile takeover anyways thanks how, a lot how, guys how does that go
2: oh. when you guys reach out to like a rival team fan about being on your show
1: i'm a player
0: like so hey we're,
2: we're we're canadian canadian fans mostly we do an nhl podcast Do you want to come on our show I mean, yeah, if, we do. If that. like a Kings fan reached out to me like that, I'd be like, "Fuck you, dude! I don't want to be on your show."
1: <laughs> the the thing is, for us, we uh, we we are, I mean, we end up talking a lot Habs, but we we put this as uh, thirty percent Montreal and seventy percent rest of the NHL. So we like to cover all NHL. Um, we we bring our bias not to not to you know put. I wouldn't say put down, not like you guys are gonna put down anyone, but to say, hey, like let's start a conversation, because, you know, like I don't know a lot about the Coyotes, and the whole purpose of the deep dive is for you guys to come on and explain what it is and and talk about your 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 platform and all this stuff, so it gives our viewers and ourselves some some something to learn about. Um, so if the if we ever to reach out to a Leafs, we'll totally say, yeah, you know what, we got some bias against the Leafs, but we're doing it more to learn about them than yeah. to talk crap, but. We might make an exception. We might uh, do a little little trick on uh, on a <laughs> on a Toronto poor Toronto fan and then they'll come to an ambush uh, <laughs> but yeah, you guys uh, might
2: have to like deactivate Twitter for like a week
1: <laughs> no way or
2: or just or just give it like two days and let Matthew sign in Arizona and they'll move on from your podcast and on to the next thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's true. okay. well, you know what? okay, you close it up, Danny.
2: <laughs> no, I just wanted to say, like, I think the Leafs, we gotta be
0: collectively nice with them. I think they're in a world of hurt soon, so uh, yeah, we gotta be usual. nice with them.
2: Yeah, well, not yeah, not
0: the yeah, It's gonna, it's about to get even worse with Tree Living, believe me. So
2: if uh, if you're saying that under duress, up. if you're saying that under duress, like somebody's got a gun to your head, yeah, click yeah. on your on your mic twice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna. <laughs> you guys have
0: been a ton of fun. Um, can't thank you enough. Let's um, let's close this up. Thank you so much for everyone listening and please follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is C2CTHP. Um, And thank you again, uh, March.
1: Yeah, that's it for me. I was going to say the same thing. Follow us. uh, Take a listen to the Chirping Yotes podcast. These guys are great. I'm not going to say I've listened to every episode, but so far, so far I'm in, I'm in their most recent one and it's pretty good. So give them a listen and thanks again, guys.
3: Yep. Thanks guys. Thank you for having us on.